BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Please don't take this person out. Would you politely go to hell? Get the fuck out of my way. We're back, baby! Right, we're back! We're back stronger than ever! I've given you lives! Isn't the whole point of this show to have conversation? 100% for counting. Friendly room. What a weird game of chicken that is. This guy's sharp. <laughs> he knows everybody's name in this room. We've been doing fake radio since 2006. Live. On tape, it's the fastest hour in podcasting. This is Never Not Funny. Now, here's your host, Jimmy Pardo. Hello, everybody, indeed. Yes, welcome to the program, episode 3310 of uh, the award-winning podcast, Never Not Funny, and certainly your top two podcasts, if it's not the favorite, right? We're always the, hey, I listen to this guy and also you guys, but uh, then other people say you're number one, and then I also enjoy this program. So we welcome you in. No matter where we land on your list of podcast favorites, we welcome you in as I stare at a timer as if I've never seen time go up in seconds before. Um, <laughs> we welcome you in on a, a beautiful Monday here in Los Angeles, California. Uh, uh, everybody I imagine had a good weekend. We'll check in on everybody as we uh, move around. Um, very... Just some business to get out of the way before I forget very quickly. And this this ties in a little bit to uh, summoning the ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Never Not Funny Fantasy Baseball Draft may need to be moved. I, I announced it would be on the 23rd of March. May, need to be, may, may. You understand what I mean by that? May. Mm-hmm. Not definite. Uh, be moved to the 30th of uh, March. But uh, that'll be decided by the end of this week. That said, uh, that is only for folks that are uh, tier... Uh, they're subscribers mm-hmm. uh, of the uh, of the Platinum. So if you want to be considered for the Never Not Funny Fantasy Baseball League and you are not a member of Platinum, now would be the time to jump in because we have extended, uh, not of a lack of desperate, not, not out of desperation. Not at all. Everything's going great. Going I don't, great. Why would you even think that? Uh, when I said it would go up 1% a day, uh, I, I was kind of hoping that would change at some point. You thought, it, you, thought you were kidding. Yeah, maybe today, because this is the 30th. This is the Monday, April 30th, uh, but the morning. Yeah. So maybe in the next 36 hours, we'll see a big bump. Yeah. But I see, what is your skeptic? Have we gone back in time? You said April 30th. Oh, did I really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I re- well, uh, you were thinking of March. It, yes, I was. So it's October uh, 30. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're right. I think it looks like if I'm looking at that ghost, we're at about 31 percent. We are Feels right. right. And um, so hopefully there'll be a jump in that. But at the same time, if not, thank you for everybody for making that leap and jumping into that. But there is a little extra time here. We're going in so that we could announce where we landed. The mm. deadline now is basically... 11 o'clock a.m. Pacific time. Well, we're going to say noon. We noon. Said, we said noon in the last one. So. All right. So we'll let it go through the first segment. Yeah. Uh, oh, did we say that on the last one? Uh-huh. In the plugs. You right. said in the plugs. Yeah. Then noon. Very good. 
noon, uh, November 2nd, Thursday. So if you're hearing this Wednesday night or Thursday morning, you may still have a few hours left to uh, get one of those cool enamel pins or even a cool T-shirt uh, with the ghost on now, it. Now, I recognize it was my idea to extend this, uh, mainly because I think it's exciting to, or not exciting, or whatever <laughs> the case may be. Maybe it'll be funny. To announce the number yeah. uh, at that uh, noon. Um, that said, I think anybody that's going to listen to this program Wednesday night or Thursday morning, uh, they're in. They're yeah. already in. The people that are rushing to hear this, I don't know if there's any people that don't have their finances in order. But that, again, there are ways to get... There are, uh, is it Gift NNF, uh, Elliot? That's the URL. I don't know if it's uh, live yet. Uh, that is a way to connect with folks. Also, the Never Not Funny Facebook fan group, which we are not mm-hmm. uh, uh, participants in. That's a way to connect with other folks out there that are, there's a lot of people willing to help out financially to get you a subscription to Never Not Funny because they, they support this show and love this show so much. Yes, Elliot. So uh, with the giftnnf.com, it'd be great if it's ready by the time Oktoberfest uh, is over, but just to know it's going to go year round. So if if you don't catch it, if it's not live by right. then, you can still go there at other times if you're looking right. to get a gift or if you want to give Never Not Funny to somebody who uh, cannot have their finances in order. Wonderful. All right. Listen, I apologize for this. I have to answer a text to my wife uh, in real time. Hmm. Uh, maybe kitchen? Maybe kitchen counter is what I'm going to say. <laughs> Uh, kitchen counter. So, oh. if you were wondering what the sound of real time is, it's uh, yeah. awful. <laughs> so it's awful. Real time sounds awful, uh, well, much like Bill Maher's show. <laughs> well, you know what? Also, hey, awful. he got really real the other day where he said that the social network is more like the anti-social network. Whoa, uh, twenty twenty-three. That prick made Holy that joke. Shit. He's uh, he's very big on uh, uh, people having sex in person. I mean, I know that having sex should be in person, but I'm just like, like he's he's railing against how nobody knows how to interact with other people anymore you're on your phone and you're not talking to people uh, i wonder if nobody's talking to him <laughs> <laughs> very nice yeah, nice payoff on that because uh, initially i thought why is he talking it really didn't seem like it was going anywhere <laughs> yeah and then uh, real nice payoff uh speaking of elliot j hokeberg let's get uh, let's knock this uh, tick this box off i went to see his improvisation yeah, thank you oh cool uh by what? the way joseph thanked you as well he, he when he saw that you were there he, he asked me to tell you oh thank you well he said thank you when i said hello to him mm-hmm. and uh it was, uh, I will say this, uh, once again, Elliot J. Hochberg was terrific. Oh, he, thank he, you. he was terrific, and the cast was terrific. Uh, what about Elliot H. Hochberg? How was he? <laughs> uh, is that your middle name? Yeah. Uh, but I say J, as I said, Andrew yeah. J. Koenig and sure. all, all these. Uh, I just throw in J if it sounds proper. Uh, in my head, it sounds uh, fancy. Um, the cast was great. Mm. The first four minutes are airy and creepy mm-hmm. yeah really really airy and creepy good 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 um and then here then this is not gonna be this is not a negative okay it's gonna sound like one but i i, I mm. truly do not want anybody in the world to think this is a negative sure sure when it comes to improv i like a little comedy with my improv. <laughs> and what's we and i say that for two reasons it's weird to be watching improv in a comedy improv setting theater mm-hmm. uh you, you know signage everything about it mm-hmm. and then not going for the laugh that is really bizarre to me and then therefore you think everybody in the, in the you, you think the cast is not doing what they're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. so that's weird <laughs> there's also the three dickheads in the back that don't understand what's happening and they're laughing at things that aren't even near fucking funny right. yeah they're right. just laughing because they think they're supposed to be laughing and they're i mean they're literally now you know we talked in the past about theater laughs like my, my mother-in-law was famous for that, for the theater laugh, where she would laugh at something in a production at the at the Amundsen that was like, it's not really supposed to be funny, but you you found some humor in it and then you wanted the you know, the entire auditorium auditorium to know it. That's what these people were in the back were doing. And it was like, 
Well, it's like art house laughs. That's it's art like, house laughs. Like it's like the when you you know go to a movie that's like an indie movie and it's weird and different and there's always people who are laughing when it's like I you I think you want everyone to think that you're you get it you're getting it in a way I don't don't get it because that isn't supposed to be funny we we recently we saw if I get this title wrong I probably uh, asteroid city is that the name of that yeah we saw that and that's a that's a swing and a miss okay and um Boy, there were the hipster laughs. There were a lot of the hipster laughs. And, and that's what that felt like on, on Saturday night. There was some of that in the back row. Uh, row. Um, my, by the way, I'm having my wife try to find something in the house. And um, <laughs> she cannot find it. And I don't know. Uh, Is there a chance it's in your pocket? There's a chance it's in that bag behind me. So let me let me do this. So I'm okay. not sitting here. On that a- would be insane. If after all. But this. not 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 off brand. <laughs> yeah, but not off brand. Certainly. Uh, no, it's not in there. Uh, all right. Prevagen. Um, yeah, does this tie into Prevagen? I don't know if it does tie into Prevagen. I don't know if it does either, but I thought it was fun. Well, you it, left something at home that you meant to bring with you. I left something at home I meant to bring with me. Uh, one of them was my ear, because I can't seem to find out to put my <laughs> headset back in. Um, two, now I, I feel like I have my wife going out of a wild uh, goose. Let me just tell her to stand down, So because mm-hmm. uh, uh, it is not a sticky note. Nope. Uh, I'll just say folded piece of typing paper that's the best way to put it right yeah, yeah. typing paper everybody Wait, knows what typing paper, paper is these paper. days but don't <laughs> worry we've started uh this is how much this show has changed in 17 years this can happen we've started recording uh recording uh stand down stand by and stand down stand by and stand because i she is uh, a proud boy now and good luck uh, <laughs> uh okay uh, very good. So anyway, great job, dude. That, oh, that, that's you. what I was. That 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 is the that that is the that's the headline. Yeah. Great job. Uh, weird to be seeing improv that isn't for comedy. Right. You guys did a great job, though. I very much enjoyed it. So you, I, so the cre- the creepy and the and the somewhat scary thing came across. Uh, certainly in the first five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And then again, I I have to admit there was a little bit of nervousness of. Uh, when will those three idiots in the back figure out what's happening? <laughs> there was that. Like sure. just stop it. Stop right. it. And then also you guys uh, finding the, you know, where it's going. And and can I, let me ask a dummy question. Sure. This is me being a dummy. You, uh, they're all wearing like basically eyes wide shut type masks at, yeah. at the opening. Yeah. And, and there's music. And I, and I will be honest with you, it's fucking creepy and weird. Because, <laughs> so, so since that's the last show, it's not going to spoil anything. Uh, we were facing upstage. We were facing away from the audience. Yeah. Also in these, creepy. Yeah. Yeah, as as we all walk in, yeah, they're there, they're lined up, and so uh, then Elliot has a book, mm. and he has a book, and he opens it up, he dropped his pen like a fucking idiot, but then, he, <laughs> but but he wonderfully then points at the he points at the person and makes them pick it up, which was actually a great choice on your part. Thank you. And then uh, he points at the paper, uh, on that piece of paper, yeah. does it say, "Give us a location, give us a suggestion," and I, then they write down? I mean, so. In, How do you in, know where to start, I guess, is my point. In, in essence. Because one could argue, maybe I'm not watching improv. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's, it's look, uh, for improvisers who've done it for a long time, we don't need suggestions. We can improvise off of nothing. I understand that, but the pre- but, we, but, 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 we, but we as an audience, we like to know there's a jumping off point, sure. so we know we're not watching something scripted, is my... Uh, yeah, and, and, and he, my attitude is, if it's entertaining, it shouldn't matter, but I agree with you. It is if you. I'm coming to say an improv show. It doesn't well, matter. Well, if, 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 the, if, if the improv is... I, I get what you're saying. Anyway, there were two prompts. 
So it was not location, but it was, I think, what would you like to be buried with, I think, was the first one. Okay. And the second one was, I don't remember what the second prompt was. Um, but the uh, the things that we got, this is going to come as no surprise to you having seen the show. Yeah. The first the first thing was Apple. Right. <laughs> what do you want to be buried with? And she wrote down Apple. For whatever reason. All right. And then maybe she meant, maybe she meant like a... Like her iPhone or something, an Apple IIe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And then I'm uh, gonna say she panicked, and yeah. uh, her brain gave her the uh, the first thing she with the letter A, and that's what popped. Up. <laughs> Fair enough. But you know what? It, it it was a good starting point. What was yeah. the other prompt? And the the uh, like I said, I don't remember what the other th- ask was, but the the thing she wrote down was smelling someone's sweat. Oh, that's why that happened. Yeah. <laughs> okay, because that was a running theme throughout. Yeah. That was uh, nauseating, quite frankly. <laughs> You know, talk of sweat and then yeah, uh, actual sweating. Well, the sweating was not that was not method sweating. That was the lights were very hot on stage and we were we were sweating. What did I say to you after the show? Uh, I understand how the theater works. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it, it's particularly in that space. It was very there was, was one performer uh, in particular who uh, when they would bend down, sweat would fall off their head. Yeah. And that oh, was uh, for young James R. Pardo Jr. Did, <laughs> did not care for that. But. Since it's a creepy horror show, oh, kind of works. Okay. Yeah, it kind of works. I mean, it works, but I still don't want to see it. And I, yeah. Then I do not want discussion about it afterward. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, great job. Thank you, sir. Uh, the, here's what I like about it. Mm. Uh, tight. Yeah. 45 minutes in and out. Yep. Mm. Uh, but then as I'm driving home, like, it was more travel than the, the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, I, and I never liked that. Yeah, you sure. Maybe have sure. an opener who's. Well, there was another show that one could have gone to, but you would have had to buy a separate ticket. Well, that's not an opener then. That's just a different show altogether. What would be a, like a, maybe a, a magic? Well, we're only charging like twelve fifty. It's not even twelve fifty. It's only twelve bucks. Oh, is that right? Hey, speaking of magic shows, let's quickly talk about this. I don't want to get into the weeds on this. Did you see Saturday Night Live with Nate Bargatze? Yeah. Yes. What well, a great, most of it. What a great job. Yeah. Incredible. What a great yeah. job he did, and possibly the funniest show in a long time, and maybe one of the funniest sketches in years. Which one? I bl- I think the Washington sketch. Oh, yeah. the Washington sketch was that thing so, was yeah. there was, flawless. There, there were two sketches happening in, in my view. Like yeah, well, there there's was Keen, the, there was Keenan's thing. <laughs> yeah, yes. There's two jokes, but yeah. like, but the and the, what I liked about it was it felt like a Nate Bargatze joke, but just dramatized. You know, what's interesting. Not his. Yeah, I didn't know. I just, Some writer, uh, and rightfully so, one of the writers put on uh, on. Uh, X Twitter yeah. mm-hmm. uh, been sitting on this sketch for a while. Thanks to so and so for the assist. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's going around how great that sketch is. Mm-hmm. Why not get it out there that you're the guy that wrote yeah, it or, yeah. or girl that wrote it? I forget what yeah. name it was. It's just a great uh, fit for for Nate's great sense fit of humor. For, uh, they did, for Nate, they did a really good job of of having sketches that fit him. But I will say that the uh, the beach by the lake one, although was very well done, not for me. <laughs> kind of oh. gross. It I was, thought it was really funny. I thought it was great. It, it was like I understood why it was funny. It just made me feel very uncomfortable. You don't know Billy's. You got to know Billy's. Yeah, you got to know Billy's, that. man. You're too much in your palisade, fucking <laughs> rich upbringing. Coastal elite. <laughs> Where's the three of us who you know you know got our fucking feet dirty once yeah. in our lives? Uh, you know, I we have can very clean that. feet. You ever yeah, swim true. in a lake? No, you never have. You've have you? Never, I've, I've, you've well, never in your life because you had the ocean five feet from the ocean. Yeah, I, 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 I did. Uh, would you call water skiing swimming? I would well, not. I mean, you got to swim to get point. into the water. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you're falling down. There's no question about it. Yeah. Oh, I definitely fell down. <laughs> um, what lake was that? Do you that remember? Was Big Bear. Okay. Yeah. Another fucking fancy. I'll say I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's not what they're talking about in that sketch, asshole. I will say this: as a guy who grew up in, in going to Lake Michigan, or uh, 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 oh, uh, what's the name of the lake in the Blues Brothers? Uh, oh, damn it! 
what, 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 what it was Phil's beach, and then there's another beach, but it was on a lake. It begins with a W, I want to say. But um, Winnipesaukee? Is that it? Winnipesaukee, yeah. That doesn't sound right to me at all. Gaston? No. I mean, I feel like we did this on Jimmy's Records and Tapes. Yeah, we did. Is it Emerson Lake yeah. and Palmer? That's it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so ELP. So growing up swimming in Lake Michigan or ELP. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, what a lucky man I was. And that's for the one prog rock wow. fan right there. You're welcome. Um, Wish I could appreciate it. Swimming on those, great growing up. Mm-hmm. But once you swim in the ocean and then try to go back and swim in a lake, you can't. It's a bore. It's a bore. It's different. There's no, you know, the, the waves are not the same. Yeah. Uh, the action of the water is not the same. But if you're if you're out there drinking your past blue ribbon and you're fucking playing your cornhole like the other hillbillies do, yeah, um, it's a great time. I felt like that as a kid, like because I grew up swimming in lakes and uh, like small ones. Like to me, Lake Michigan is just an ocean without salt. I know there's not waves. But, there's not the waves, but still, it's there are so, waves, but not ocean right, waves. Right, but and it's so big, it's like you can't see anything. But like I grew up swimming in lakes that were like you could see the other side at right. all times. But um, I always like was like this sucks i wish we could swim in the ocean but now that i live here and i can go to the ocean wherever i want to i miss lakes i miss the lake maybe it's just a nostalgia thing but i don't know there's something about the lakes i i i like uh i, I wish i could just go paddle boarding and, and pad- you can paddle board in the ocean but it's harder with the waves it is uh you know the, the play again that where i grew up phil's beach which mm-hmm. again is featured in the blues brothers yeah um you know they got one of those giant slides which i'm sure for insurance yes. reasons they no longer have <laughs> right. but a giant slide that's a, a shape like a, a like a j and you go down that and it throws you yes. in the air and then they've also got another thing like a almost like a hamster wheel yeah. and you run on that you run on that as much as long as you can then when you don't you fall down and you fall into the beautiful lake <laughs> and then they've got little rafts and then they got various you know a, a big platform out further that you could dive off of 10 feet 20 feet 30 feet mm-hmm. like they had all of that so i admit that i am not a hey let's go to the beach and lay uh, on the sand and drink beer type of guy i need activities yes and the ocean to me provides its own activity whether it's mm-hmm. you know boogie boarding or body boarding or mm-hmm. body surfing uh but a lake i need things to do yeah and so lake michigan to me as i've talked about many times to me to your point was just an ocean and i always feared i would then just float out and just continue floating and then (laughs) nobody would notice i'm missing and i would just float out and and be lost forever that was my fear as a child and in reality i'm no more than 12 feet from the shore right um but so if i was to go to a lake again i would i would like it to be like for nostalgic i would like it to have all those things i had that are illegal now (laughs) that are illegal now yeah well i so we also had quarries where I grew up. So there's Ugh. that's another thing that I miss. It's like the quarry is either, a, a you know, it's like just like breaking away. There's a big cliff and you can jump. It's like a 30-foot drop into the water, which is terrifying. Would you do it? I did it once and it's f- scary as fuck. Like I didn't want to do it a second time, but I did it. And you have to like, you know, you, like we did it with our shoes on because just hitting the water with your feet from that height like hurts it hurts and if you if you tilt it's it'll mess you up would you all right so entering the water yeah because uh, i would do this as a child when i would jump from that 30 foot uh, platform at phil's beach uh if if i did it like the way you're supposed to do where you put your hands kind of into a prayer position yeah to to cut through the water water, yeah um then the top of my head would hurt Mm -hmm. so what i then ended up doing and this is stupid is i would do it superman style i would go in with a fist punch it punch the water so that the fists would take the 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 pain and then my head wouldn't and that was dumber (laughs) because that hurt i think yeah there's no you got to pierce it with the prayer 
I think I think you just got to go feet first. If it's if it's well, that's that, a, well, that's not a dive. That's just a jump. I know, but if you're going from any kind of height, to me, I know that divers do this all the time, and they've seem to have worked it out. But I'm not a good enough diver to trust that I can hit it straight. So I know it's gonna. I'm gonna flop backwards and hit my back, and then my back is destroyed or my Wait, belly. Backwards, backwards. I mean, that's no, a, no. I mean, if like you're, if you're over rotating, you know what I mean. Oh, I see you going that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or if you under rotate, it's a belly flop. That's awful. So yeah, I just go feet first. But uh, and then the other thing about quarries, like there was one very close to my mom's house, still is, and it was not no cliff, but a rope, like it was. Oh a, it was a, boy, it was sheer enough that it was like a very steep hill. And then the thing about quarries is there's no, it's not a gradual out. It just goes str- the water. It's just there's no standing in it. You just it's straight deep from immediately. Like there's because they dug it. Because they dug humans it. dug it right. to mine things. So like you could just tie a rope to a tree that's right at the edge of it and swing out and and you don't have to swing out very far to go in because you're not worried about hitting ground that's the most fun is a rope swing into a quarry that's what i miss but then the second you're in that water you're treading water and swimming the second like (laughs) you have no uh, yeah yeah no there's not a lot of fun once you're in (laughs) you're just in and out in and out that's all you're doing all of this sounds fun though i would love to get back to uh uh uh, bangs lake bangs lake did yep. I find it? Yep. Yeah. In Wakanda. Wakanda? It, it, it well, was in Wakanda. Of course, we have forever. Forever. <laughs> um, Do they pronounce it a little bit differently, though? Didn't we decide that? I believe it's pronounced Wakanda. Okay. Well, Is it spelled accent, differently? Maybe with a Chicago accent. Eh, Wakanda. Yeah, hey, we go over there, Jim. <laughs> well, I, I'm trying to remember because it was not this current season, but the previous season where we, we talked about that. Is it spelled differently? Or it is, is spelled, it set? It's yeah, spelled was, the 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 white way w-a-u-c-o-n-d oh that's, that's, what yeah. that's not that's probably native american right native american i would yeah. imagine yeah that was season one of, was that season one of Might jenny circuit could have been i think so uh yes because uh i was telling you know that's what i would told uh, longer stories mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to the what i do now is where i just ramble and and, and stumble <laughs> across funny uh and thank you to everybody that's watching those uh, yeah, yeah i appreciate that uh, i think we've got what, three more episodes left in this season before Maybe two. Uh, a little break like and then uh, some more episodes. Um, Let me ask you this. Yeah. I'm, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done You're with not lakes. Done with uh, lakes. Uh, did you, when you l- learned to swim, did you learn to swim in a lake or a pool or what? I would say a combo. Okay. I would say, uh, and I never, you know, there were never lessons. I, you know, my, Oh, really? I, okay. So I guess to, to that point, it was lake, lake and or pool because my dad or mom would teach us. Yeah. Um, and then, or, it, I look, it wasn't this, but- it could have been the, the the safer equivalent of being thrown in and figure out how to swim. Mm-hmm. I think it was that, but with my dad like there to catch you if you catch, and then yeah. you know do that thing where you know they they have their hands underneath you, but maybe they're not really touching you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but ne- never, never even in day camp there were not lessons. We just kind of mm-hmm. swam. It's interesting because mm-hmm. we had I went to a swim camp uh, in the summer for like when I was young and needed to learn how to swim at a lake and then even when i went to day camp when i was a little older there was like swimming lessons as part of you would do that for a little while and then you would go play uh mush ball which was baseball with a softer squishy ball mm-hmm. but uh so when you were at a lake did it have the boo the buoy ropes not lake michigan but right that's uh, just like a uh, the other one would okay uh, yeah yeah no lake michigan was again you, you just, you, you just float little, out yeah, right you that's why up, you were scared of. end up in michigan yeah, yeah yeah uh from chicago but yeah the other ones had the basically saying here's where you swim here's where you swim don't, yeah. don't go past here right. dummies yeah. that's where maybe i don't think they were if they were around when i was young they were you know the the first you know that we would see of the ski of the ski doos right or sea do 
Sea dews. Ski dews for snow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sea dews for water. Yeah. Uh, those didn't come along until much later. Yeah, uh, that and, was an 80s thing. Um, I sort of crashed a sea dew in Lake Michigan. What does sort of mean? You either did or you didn't? Well, <laughs> my dad and I went to Grand Haven and we rented a couple of jet skis. Jet skis the one I ordered, yeah. And I, uh, I was, we, we, to go out, you had to go out this little, almost like a, a river kind of thing to get to where the lake thing was. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. There was a bridge that I'm like, I'm going to blast through this fucking thing. And I did it and I bounced off the wall. <gasps> oh, Jesus. And kept going. I could have easily been killed <laughs> if I would have hit that degree yeah. to the right or left, whatever side it was. I, I would have been dead because I would have flown right into this concrete. Oh, Jesus. They huh. cracked the side of the jet ski my dad had to pay like 300 something dollars or something to oh, do you think yeah. maybe that's why your dad's mad at you today <laughs> it could be. you think right? never let that down I think that's where that conversation's coming from yeah. it was pretty pretty dumb thing to, to yeah. try to do was uh, he behind you or in front of you or i think he was behind me so he saw it all go down yeah like what the fuck is this idiot doing yeah and uh by the way garen just uh a lot of online support for you yeah uh, oh, yes. over, uh, Hopefully you've seen that. You yeah, talking I've seen about some of it. Good. It's very, very sweet, very kind. Thank uh, you. Uh, speaking of online, very quickly, that's, uh, obviously we did not mention this last week, the shooting in Maine. Of course, mm. it goes without saying that our hearts are with that with those folks. And then, uh, uh, you know, closer to home here, uh, it's weird. That the main thing is such a, it's just a fucking nightmare, as is what's going on overseas is a nightmare. But So it's weird to transition into talking about a celebrity death uh, having impact. But uh you know, we all, in some way, Matthew Perry is a part of our was a part of our lives. Mm-hmm. Whether it was as a movie star or you know, friends for forty gazillion years, you know, and reruns. You know, I had the pleasure of doing a match game with him at the UCB one night, yeah. and he was a nice man. Um, and uh, it was that one was at risk of being that guy that posted. You know, it hit it hit hard. Mm-hmm. It 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 jarred me when I when I was you know I was watching Lady Golf and then I you know looked at my phone and saw that he had passed away and uh i walked out and danielle like looked like we just, and oliver were like the three of us like just couldn't believe it yeah and uh you know obviously he had his problems throughout the years but uh, just what a uh what a bummer because at the end of the day uh and i don't say bummer as a as, you know as a throwaway uh at the end of the day, Matthew Perry did nothing but bring joy into our lives. Mm-hmm. He made us laugh. I mean, he really, really did. Yeah. Uh, and made us laugh a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, a, you know, it's sad. It really is, yeah. Uh, in fact, you know, one of the times I saw a celebrity in the wild was uh, Matthew Perry uh, right here at the corner of Moore Park and Coldwater. And he was in a, uh, uh, he was in tennis gear. And uh, he had the t- and I knew that because he had the top down. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it, and I believe his dad or somebody lives in some compound near here mm-hmm. and uh and he was playing tennis with his dad is what then i believe craig bierko's close friends uh was close friends with matthew uh said oh yeah he probably was with at his dad's house playing tennis or something yeah based on my he was a very very good like he almost went pro as a yeah. kid right like yeah, he yeah, was yeah. a top ranked junior tennis player in canada i think uh yeah but luckily for us he uh you know went into acting yeah and, uh, we were able to uh, enjoy him in his uh, various movies. Even, you know, Sunset, uh, that, that shit thing, that uh, the Sorkin thing. Yeah, he was good in it. He was great in it. Everybody was good Every, in it. That, that was the problem. Everybody was great Bradley in it. Bradley Whitford was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the the, uh, the show itself wasn't great. So, uh, again, I didn't want it to, the show to go by without mentioning that just, you know, the positive thing mm-hmm. that uh, that Matthew Perry brought into our lives, which was nothing but joy and laughter. Yeah, that, no, I mean, 
That match game was the one that I was on. That was your first. That was the, yep. you were the guy, and, and you went up against Lizelle. Lizelle, who yeah. ended up doing then photos for Never Not Funny mm-hmm. at Park Castathon for yeah. years. Mm-hmm. So you uh, and so it was if I'm let's see if I can remember this. It was Matthew Perry mm-hmm. next to him was Janine Garofalo. Yep. Next to her, don't know. Maybe Scott. It was no, Scott was not on the panel that night. Yeah. He sat out for because Matthew Perry. Okay. And then in front of Matthew Perry was Danielle. Yep. Uh, who I a very pregnant Danielle. Oh wow, yeah. And Paul F. Of course. Yep. And then I cannot pull the other two. Uh, Andy Andy Daly was there. Andy Daly. He may have been in the back with Janine. Probably and, was. Yes. Because they, I have a, I still have the cards. Matthew Perry drew Garen's buddy on a card, <laughs> and then Andy signed it too. And then Janine is who I won with. I don't remember who the last person was. She maybe Hardwick because Hardwick was always in that that final seat mm-hmm. there, and Andy Daly was always in that third spot over there. Uh, but that was a great night. That was a fun night. Yeah, I remember that too. And uh, you know, he was a as I've talked about many many times. I made a joke at uh, making fun of uh, that Sorkin program. Mm-hmm. What was that Studio sixty on Sunset yeah, yeah. Strip? Is that what it was called? Yep. Uh, and I, you know, then for the last what is that sixteen years? Want to have wanted to apologize to him yeah, yeah. for uh, for getting a, a, a talk about hipster laughs, getting a one hundred and ten people hipster laugh at that show's expense mm-hmm. to the fucking star. Mm-hmm. And as I talked about with Craig Bierko, that Craig on my behalf apologized to Matthew, mm-hmm. and Matthew's like basically said, "Yeah, great, guys, yeah. <laughs> guys, just trying to make a joke. Who cares?" Yeah, right. uh, but I admittedly, I still would, would have liked, and I would never have the opportunity now. I still would have liked to. Have said to him, I know Craig has already taken care of this, but please know, you know what a dickhead move that was yeah. uh, for me to get a laugh, and I and and a laugh I knew was going to happen. Right, it wasn't even like a I didn't even it wasn't a stumble across a laugh. It was a I'm going to go in, make fun of this show, and know 110 people yeah. will laugh like they've never heard comedy before. It was money in the bank. In yes, that, in that room, oh, absolutely, because it, you knew you knew enough. We all knew. Everybody in the comedy world was talking about that show being a miss because it was trying to dramatize. It was trying to West Wing the world of TV comedy, of, yes. of Saturday Night Live type shows. And it was an absolute miss. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't trying. It was when it was trying to be funny. It wasn't. And when it wasn't trying to be funny, it was like cringy funny because it was so off. Yeah. Uh, and so in a room of of like savvy comedy fans it was an easy target but you didn't know how he felt about it i mean regardless of whether it was working or not working he uh you know he's a professional who put a lot into that and i think it was over by the time he was on there right it was over yeah uh but to to your point to make it personal i i I, the example is uh and this goes along with jimmy's records tapes i can make fun of my musical tastes yeah but when you do it it, it, fuck off because I put a, not you I mean you yeah. you mean him you understood <laughs> yes you everybody they, they're all inclusive you yeah so while Matthew Perry may have been there that night going yeah well, you know what we tried and it didn't work he doesn't need me telling him that right right it's like right. you know screw you dickhead uh, and I don't think that precludes uh, I'm sorry <laughs> no I I, 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 I have precluding I have the answer to who the other person was oh oh uh, well, let's hear it uh, wait, wait, wait. I have his face. Uh, da, 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 da. You said you had it. I do. Hardwick, I, Richter. No, no, no. Give us the initials. Uh, uh, O-N. 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 Oh. Owen. Oh. Owen. <laughs> Oliver. Was it Oscar? Was yeah. it Oliver Oscar North? Oscar Nunez. Oscar Nunez. Oscar Nunez. What a, what, by the way, what a fucking panel. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. 
What a panel of just heavy hitting comedy people. Holy crap. That's crazy. And then you got me mucking it up from the get go. <laughs> I didn't muck it up. I got that laugh. I knew I'd get. And that got the ball rolling. And then Matthew, he had fun with it the entire, you know, his answers yeah. were always in regards to me making that comment. And right. uh, and then saw him at the uh, valet on the way out. And he could not have been a nicer guy. Um, so, uh, but there we go. There we have it. Yeah. Uh, I, I just was quick. What I was going to yes, say go before is I, I, I feel like, you know, there still is. There has to still be room to punch up and, and make fun of a big thing that isn't good. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying, you, you know, making jokes about Studio 60. It's just doing it to the guy's face when it's like you don't know him well enough to bust his balls about it. And even and, if I didn't know him well enough, go fuck yourself. Like, yeah. I mean, if you knew him well enough, you might know whether he would be cool with it or not. And then you would do it or not do it uh, based on your understanding of, of his feelings about it or, or his feelings about having his balls busted about his body of work. Yeah. But, uh, but I just mean like. Separate from that, obviously, you still like what we do here. Is well, that's like, what we, we do. We make fun of shit, and like it's you know, but, because who the fuck are we? And occasionally, I will bust somebody's balls when they come in here. But I, but to your point, you know that it's a safe place. You know they can have fun with it, yeah, and so on and so forth. I it, what bothers me about it to this day is I did not know Matthew Perry. Mm-hmm. Matthew Perry came, saw Match Game, and then said, "I want to be on the panel the next time," mm-hmm. and we made that happen. Because why wouldn't you? Yeah. And then the very first thing I say to Matthew Perry is, hey, that show you were on sucked. <laughs> Got a huge laugh. If I were him, you know, he, he had every right to go, thanks a lot. And walk. Right. And everybody would have went, yeah, okay. <laughs> Except if he did that, then the story is, he oh, could, this he, guy can't take a He could joke. not have done that. Yeah. No, yeah. But, I mean, uh, even though he would have been within his rights. 100%. And Scott, would, by the way, Scott was all at the ready. He was ready to go. Uh, but, Just in uh, case. You you said, Scott, be ready because I'm going to make this joke that might uh, piss him off. Might piss him off. It's, know this. It will be an eruption of laughter. <laughs> but uh, that was Phil from Amazing Race. Is it an emotion of laughter? Or what was Oliver's? Or feed a goat. Uh, four days at a spa treatment uh, that you could use after the race yeah, clearly phil i'm not going to use my three thousand dollars that you've put into my bank account right. while i'm here running yeah the the ruse of we're giving you a trip to bali is gone now it's just like here's money do what you want with yeah, it yeah <laughs> enjoy and then, but they will now say uh uh but uh uh oh god this is a prevision moment um you go to someone and they book a trip for you. Travel agent. Travel agent. Travel agents have, have designed a great trip for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you could do that or not do that. Or not do that. <laughs> Your call, thanks to Expedia. Yeah. Uh, Still an ad for Expedia. We're not requiring that you do this specific thing. It is a um, great season so far. Yeah, great. I'm one behind. Well, we're getting a, a guarantee. I, I would hit the uh, the front. Let me take this call. Yep. Um, he- oh, shit. Hello. <laughs> Okay, thank you so much. See you in a bit. Uh, uh, on his way. Our guest is uh, parking a distance away, and he'll be here. But you know what, Garrett? It couldn't hurt for you to uh, just give us a fucking break. It could not hurt <laughs> Seriously. to uh, jammer, have you. Jammer, Look over the walls. We know that you uh, like to see doing <laughs> one. Um, uh, the great Garrett Cockrell. So, uh, and then also the over the weekend, uh, there's others, a million other things that went on, but uh, I did go see the Taylor Swift movie for the third time. <laughs> yep. As, as I, promised. As I texted you, I you believe. You did text me. Uh, as I left here on Thursday, uh, Matt made a joke saying, so when do you see that for the third time? And I said, well, I was going to see it today, but we've ruined that by this long meeting because we had a long after show meeting. Mm-hmm. And then it uh, turns out I was wrong. Uh, I had time to get to it. Oh, wow. And uh, uh, enjoyed it again. Enjoyed it for a third time fantastic uh i did i will tell you this as i was sitting there for the third time 
uh, I was like, you know what? Uh, Maybe I maybe I should I get it I've been I've seen this maybe I should run over and see uh, uh, whatever was starting at four fifty mm-hmm. and then as I was as four fifty came in I was like nope I'm in <laughs> <laughs> just stayed and enjoyed the rest of it and uh, uh, again it was a uh, you know not as I think it was two other people in the room mm-hmm. with me and uh, when I bought my ticket the guy said oh it's just you and two other people and I he showed me the map and. Uh, I uh, I said, well, put me over here, and uh, those two ladies did not sit in their seats. Oh. <laughs> so I then had to sit somewhere else. They sat, like they reversed, like in the mat. Like if they thought they were sitting on the left, uh, they ended up sitting way on the right. Yeah, and or vice versa. Like whatever, whatever side they were supposed to be on, they sat on the exact opposite oh. side. Like they saw a mirror image of the <laughs> theater setup. It's like the old days where you just sit where you want. I find that fascinating though that if you're gonna buy, if you're the first person to buy tickets, like if I'm the first person to buy tickets. I'm center center. Well, you are. I'm never, but I'm never. Because you want to be on the aisle. aisle. And maybe they did too. That said. It's empty, so it's all aisle. It's all aisle. (laughs) So I I did end up sitting. Well, hold on. Some seating. I don't want the aisle because I'm claustrophobic. I want the aisle because my knees hurt if I can't stretch my legs out, straighten Mm -hmm. them. Wait, what are we holding on then? You got to. Well, some, I'm saying I, it's not about if it's an empty theater, I still want the aisle because. I need to straighten my leg out. If it, if the seats are too close together and I can't straighten my leg out, then I got to be on aisle, even though oh, there's no one in my way. You you don't just shift in your seat and and stretch the legs. I guess I could lift up the armrest Look, and just I'm lay a, out. I'm a very tall man, Jimmy. You are not. <laughs> yeah. You aren't even the tallest man in this room. No, I'm not. <laughs> that you, you know, but we talked about this before, though. But that also like for me, I'm the, I'm I'm five foot four, and yeah. and again, that might be a lie. Mm-hmm. Um. I cannot sit and coach on an airplane because my knees hurt so much. Yeah. So I, I can't imagine being five foot five even yeah. and trying to sit in those seats. So I hear where you're coming from, but if I'm alone in the theater, I guess I, I can yeah. kind of just put the you know. I guess you're right. If 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 I, I'm always between Elise and one of my children at a movie, so like I guess that's also if if I was the last person, I probably could angle it. But then it's, that's kind of uncomfortable to be angled in your seat. Well, you're not angled the whole time. You're just angled enough to stretch your yeah, legs and go back right. in the... Or if it's the kind of thing where the armrests are, you know, folding down and they're wide and no one's around, you just stick your legs right through that armrest in front of you. Sure. You can oh, do that's, that. a nice, that's a nice stretch out move. Oh, yeah. Stretch it out. Get that knee. Uh, extend that IT band, baby. Yeah. You know, let's, let's make sure we're not pinching that meniscus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, again, I enjoyed it. Uh, great enjoyed it enjoyed it very much and I know that you and Garen and myself we all uh, you guys probably got it before I did the 1989 uh, Taylor's version uh, I, yes um, well you don't buy the physical though no uh, well my wife does because um, the Target one has one track that's not anywhere else the Target CD no the Target vinyl vinyl which the track that I that I have that you don't have uh, that your wife and I have what's it called um, it's the it's the one that was on a soundtrack to a James Corden movie in 2014 so I already I've heard it and it's fine what's the song called Garen it's like uh, the sweetest sweeter than fiction sweeter than fiction yeah alright is that on that last is that on that from the vaults uh, side of the uh, vinyl I think if you got it at Target I think yeah like the, I do my tangerine orange yeah uh, okay the vinyl vinyl <laughs> yeah. is tangerine orange in color well there were different ones right it does not look tangerine uh, no I believe Target's is tangerine oh, orange oh that's the only that okay. is their uh, exclusive uh, mm-hmm. uh, thing and uh, here's what I mean here, you know as I'm as I've done this deep into Taylor Swift then we have to take a break our guest is here mm-hmm. um, here I'm, here's remember what I was at a lot for like why I could not get on board earlier mm-hmm. here's why here's why the movie 
and then therefore and the also the apple exclusive you know the the set list uh playlist that they have uh here's why that works for me when it's when it's one album for her and that's her sound that's a lot of that sound yeah that's 15 songs of that sound Mm -hmm. and even though and she does that on each album and so folklore and evermore while she does that because of what we talked about the singer songwriter aspect of it those resonate more to me Mm -hmm. than the other albums so to me i kind of need the greatest hits i get it to hear all the difference like obviously i've said this now twice to the screen uh when she says uh the thing about i I, you know when they asked me how i was gonna put this tour together and what am i gonna do are you gonna do you know a three and a half hour show with this uh well yes i am and i'm gonna do it by eras is that okay with you and i always go no it is not (laughs) (laughs) i would prefer you put it on shuffle and mix up the song so that they're all sound the same in groups and uh I say that very quietly to myself, of course, uh, but that's what it comes down to. Yeah. As much as I enjoyed, I enjoyed each album individually. To me, I like hearing them mixed up so that I get the different sounds. I'm not sure I disagree with you, except that 1989, the original version of 1989, to me is a perfect album, and so I could listen to that oh, good for, for forever. But uh, and I feel I feel strongly about different ones in different ways, but. Uh, but I, I definitely know what you mean about like, especially Midnight's and and even Folklore and Evermore, which I love. It's when I first heard them, I was like, they all kind of sounds initially they all kind of blend together in my you know when I'm listening to them, and then like the more you hear it, the more you're like, okay, now I can latch on to lyrics and different stories and different things that are happening happening within the song that differentiate them for me a little bit more, but. Definitely on a first listen, it's it's a lot of one thing. It's a lot of that that sound that she's currently in, mm-hmm. and yeah, and every band kind of does that. It's yeah. a, it's not a slam on her. Every band kind of makes those. But, but let me ask you a question, and then we do have to take the break. Yeah, and then we will never talk about Taylor Swift again. <laughs> um, for you, you two Swifty nerds, mm-hmm. so you had the original 1989, yeah. and now there's the Taylor version. Other than it being a contractual thing that she wants to get these new versions out so that she makes the money and the old company doesn't, and. Is it just the bonus tracks that you guys like, or does the new version sound different to you enough that you're like, oh, good, I'm glad I have this version over the original? Because you just said the original is a perfect album. So then why do you want the new one? You want to answer that, Garen? Well, I think her voice is stronger now than it was even maybe even then. Um, That was my favorite album of hers until Folklore and Evermore. Mm -hmm. Those are my two favorites right now. But I just liked that she's just a stronger singer than she was. Very Even good. when she first started, she was not good mm-hmm. live. It was, I mean, she was a terrible live when she first came out. No, she was a young girl. Yeah, true, with that true. Tinny she, voice. I mean, you can see the growth as a performer and her voice. And I just kind of like the tone of her voice now. Great. Mm-hmm. So good I, I love the her version of it now i think it's great matt belknap your thoughts before we go to break uh i always like the originals better well not always but it's definitely with 1989 like that the sound of that album is imprinted in my brain and so any deviation from it sounds incorrect to me <laughs> and so i just i obsess Surprise. over I, 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 I yeah no kidding i obsess over every little thing that isn't exactly the same mm-hmm. and wonder uh, why they couldn't replicate it better but uh, but I agree about the vo- vocally. I do think it's like stronger, and and you definitely heard that with like Speak Now. Mm-hmm. Like that's why the Speak Now Taylor's version is so good because it's like those are good songs, but sung even better than they were originally, and the, the mix is better. Like the the older ones, the production wasn't that great. It was okay, but so anyway, I just I like the, the as she gets to the more recent ones, I'm a little less interested or inclined to. Get, but I, I you know I definitely want to hear the songs that I haven't heard before. 
Uh, and so I'm mostly just listening to the new ones, I guess, is, All right. is the answer. Yeah. There we go. Matt, build up on that. All right. Listen, again, Ellie, congratulations on your great show over the weekend. Thank you, sir. Uh, let's take a break. Uh, the great, the legendary Ed Begley Jr. is going to join us. He's got a brand new book out. Uh, now, let me see if I, I don't want to screw this up. To the Temple of Tranquility and Step on It. And he's going to talk about that and hopefully his entire career. I mean, it's. Uh, yeah. I mean, we are thrilled to have him. I'm going to repeat all of these words I just said uh, when he's in the room. And we'll do that right after this. Matt Belknap. I want you to spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter. Zip, zip. And find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Go to this exclusive web address, web address, <laughs> to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Pardo. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash Pardo. ZipRecruiter is the way to go. Uh, look, you, you set your clocks forward. You, uh, you feel like there's more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, you don't have that kind of time. You got crunch time. ZipRecruiter fills those hours for you. No one wants to waste time with hiring. That doesn't sound fun. That's just like a, a, a chore that you have to get through. I've got need. other things to do. Right. Let me do my actual job instead of trying to find someone else to work if for If that me. jerk didn't quit, I wouldn't be doing right. this. I'd like to see Elliot hire someone as his like building managing manager assistant, assistant to the building manager. Somebody over at the familiar. Yeah, to deal with these broken chairs and all this. There's a, there's a wave of looting and rioting in that building. That, Something's going on. <laughs> well, you know why, right? Yeah, the manager. Yeah, manager. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he needs an assistant. Uh, who would take it seriously. Yeah. Uh, visit ZipRecruiter.com slash Pardo to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Pardo to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. I'm going to pronounce this properly, Ernin. Ernin. E-A-R-N-I-N is pronounced Ernin. I don't know how else you would pronounce it, but they really want it clear that that's how to pronounce it. Yeah, I guess maybe some people might get a little confused because two words that are usually separated by a space are actually squished together into one word. All right, so let's let's go with your premise. Mm -hmm. You got the two words. You got earn and in. How would you say those separately? Ernin. That's together. I asked for you to do it separately. Oh, separately. Earn in. Er, earn in. All right, now do it together. You're in. Yeah, see? You're... <laughs> uh, all right, so maybe they're right. Uh, earn in is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to 100 bucks a day, up to 750 bucks per pay period. Look, again, we, we've talked about it before. Maybe you got a last-minute gift for a loved one. you got upcoming rent. Uh, and, uh-oh, paychecks run out with the other bills. That's where Earnin jumps in and helps you out. Uh, you can download Earnin today. Uh, let me spell that for you. We've had fun pronouncing it. <laughs> now let's spell it. Let me spell it for you. E-A-R-N-I-N, and that is in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, I'm asking you to do this for us. Type Never Not Funny under podcast when you sign up. That'll let them know that we sent you there. It helps us out. Never Not Funny under podcast over there at Earnin. It is subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See Earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. Once again, Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work. Get up to $100 a day, up to $750 per pay period. Earnin. Get your money now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the program. Episode 3310. Is that where we landed mm-hmm. on? Did I mm-hmm. say that at the top of the show? Uh, as I mentioned before we went to break, we are, what a thrill. We're joined by the legendary Ed Begley Jr. He's got a brand new book out that I'm going to read the title of because I'm a mess. Uh, to the Temple of Tranquility and Step on It. That's the name of the new book. Exactly. But more importantly, literally, you know, my favorite band is Chicago, and I've been listening to them since I was a child, and they make new music today. You are also part of the landscape of our lives. We have been watching Ed Begley Jr. on our televisions or movie screens 
since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Thank you for keeping me working 56 years. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> Personally, you did it, Jimmy. I'm doing it ahead. <laughs> the top. <laughs> if you look, we talked recently, Ed, about, uh, first of all, welcome. And we talked recently about, because I, I see him out on the picket line all the time. Uh, the, and maybe you did a, a, some uh, episodics with him back in the 70s. Uh, the actor A. Martinez. Right. A. Is basically on every DVD on my shelf. Yeah, because he did all of those programs that I currently that I love the seventies detective and cop shows. Right. You also did all of those. Mannix, Adam Twelve. Yes, go. Beretta. Yes. Columbo. Yes. Two Columbos. Two Columbos. Thank you for remembering. Yes. My God, I'm impressed. <laughs> and you. Uh, all right. So let's talk about those for a half a second because again, I those are the things that that my brain. Of course, the the Chris Guest stuff and all the stuff that we love you for, but the. When you do a Columbo, you're now legendary, iconic. Wasn't at the time. You're just doing a TV show. You're just an actor, right? Right, exactly. And so, but when you're on the set with Peter Falk, which had to be wonderful, did you even in the moment go, "This is going to be around forever," or was it just a paycheck for you? I knew it was more than a paycheck. I was a big fan of Peter Falk since a, a TV movie they did with someone called Inger Stevens, I think, was in. It was called The Price of Tomatoes. And he was in that. It was, and he was wonderful. He played like a truck driver. I went, who is this guy? And then he became more famous for other movies and then finally for Columbo and America and the world fell in love with him. Uh, and uh, w there's always talk conversation of how much there was or was not improvisation on the set of Columbo. Was he allowed to improvise? Were you all allowed to improvise? Was there no improvisation? There was a script written by pretty good writers, I, I felt. But then he would, you know, say he would need to change something. I never presumed to change a word. I did exactly what they told me. <laughs> but he would, after each take on Columbo and on the movie The In-Laws, he would go over, put on headphones, not unlike these old Sennheiser headphones now they think of it, put them on, and we'd listen to the take. They didn't have the kind of video playback we have now, Video Village stuff. That technology was not refined. Right. But in 1978, he put on some, no, he just needed to hear the audio. Let me ask you something. That guy, the guy, the blonde guy, that pain in the ass, Begley, can you hear one fucking word he's saying? <laughs> That's all I want to know. Very funny. Great guy. We had the same birthday, September 16th, and so we had our birthday together Happy birthday. many times, sometimes with Dabney Coleman, sometimes with Jenna Rollins. How lucky am I? How did I get to be Zelig? That's what I need to know. <laughs> wow. I'm clearly Zelig or Forrest Gump Forrest or John Gump. C. Gardner, I'm not sure. <laughs> Uh, so Jenna Rollins, all we almost watched the Jenna Rollins movie last night. What's the one? Uh, uh, Woman under the influence. No, the uh, the other another with Buck Henry, the one where uh, Buck is an accountant. I can't think of the name of that. Gloria. The, no, we were not going to watch Gloria. We we're going to watch one about her in the theater. Casavetti's directed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in the corner, no. In the spotlight, oh, what something is, like opening that. Opening night, opening night. That's one I've never seen. So on your recommend, I'm going to see it. If you like it, I know I'll like it. Well, we didn't watch it. We ended up watching something else uh, because that was my son thought uh, maybe a little. He was not in the mood for something that heavy. So he watched Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Right? <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> he's, he's not a Chase 16. Okay. You you met my son at Paula Poundstone's house. My son More than once, yes. is the one that, uh, in most recent one, beat Paula in the finals of the ping pong competition. About time. Someone needs to bring her down. <laughs> right. Fuck her and her bullshit. Right, Ed? Exactly. Uh, I love saying that here on radio. She's a, she's a delight. She Isn't is she the best ever? One of the, certainly, I mean, certainly not that outfit that you're going with on your birthday. What a, 
what a, a quad of talent, Dabney yeah. Coleman and Jenna Rollins and you and Peter Falk. I know. How did I get so lucky? Where would you go? Where would the four of you go? For, do you go somewhere fancy for dinner? Do you go, you know what, let's go to where we used to go when we were young actors starting out? We would go to Tana's. We would go to Guido's. We would go to a place on Santa Monica. I can't remember. We would go to, where else do we go? We went to nice restaurants each and every time. And, uh, and sometimes uh, Charles Grodin would join us. Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? No. Dabney Coleman, Charles Grodin right there. <laughs> and occasionally Peter Falk and I and, and uh, Charles would gang up on Dabney to try to get one up on him. We could never quite do it. Even the three of us ganging up really? on him. Really? He's a son of a bitch. He's really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he too shows up in all of those episodics that I, that I you know, all I'm, of cur- them. I'm currently on. And I'm not to your, uh, your, I believe you're on season eight. I am currently watching Barnaby Jones. Right. And you show up uh, later on. I'm not there yet. Like I said, I, I, I just started. I think I'm on season three. Uh, I believe I play you show a stand-up up comic, yeah. Oh, is that what you do? Yeah. Oh, wow. oh great. Somehow, I'm suspected of murder, and you're not quite sure if I did it till the end. All right. Well, don't no spoilers. I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to watch it, and uh, I can't wait. I'm excited to see you in it, as I am every time you show up in any of these things. Uh, let's go back to Beretta. Where it's weird to talk about him now because he ended up being, you know, what he is, what he did. Exactly. Uh, but it, growing up, I wrote he, the, the first fan letter I ever wrote was to Robert Blake and Beretta, and he wrote me back and chastised my parents for letting me watch the show. That was the. That's pretty good. That was his response. That's typical Robert, right? <laughs> and but a that he answered it. That's amazing. First of all, that he took the time to actually write a letter back in addition to an autographed photo. But working on that, he was in Electric Light and Blue, and exactly. he was a great actor. Onion Field. So you, was that a great experience, working on Beretta? I won't call it a great experience. It okay. was quite unusual for me. I got hired because Monty Hellman was a friend of mine. I'd done a movie, Cockfighter, with him. So he was directing a Beretta, and he said, uh, I'd love for you to play this part. This guy, is, he's a dog handler and blah, 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 blah. So I said, fine. So we shot the scene. Robert Blake was not in the scene, but he still directed everything. And he changed lines on us at the last minute. That was all okay. And then he fired Christina Raines and the director who had hired me, Monty Hellman. Another director came in. This time it was Karen Valentine was playing the part. She didn't get fired. Then the next time they fired somebody else. I can't remember who. They fired another person. So I kept getting days out of this. He didn't fire me, but he did every single thing. Jimmy, he would say, that light shouldn't be there. Give me that light. He moved that light over further. The better shadow for that light. Put, no, you don't put the park bench over there. Put the park bench slightly kitty corner. Of the, I mean, he did <laughs> stuff that's a no-no with the union rules. You don't pick up a park bench, you know, prop. You don't move a light around. But he did all that. Nobody knew how quite to deal with him. It right. was kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which we would see when he would go on uh, Carson, and he would be just a wild card as a guest. Totally. It's like, oh, this guy just might be out of his skull. And now you're confirming that he may have been out of his skull. And that's the name of that tune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a sketchphrase for you young people that don't know. Um, you, you, we, My son and I recently watched a movie, and we were surprised and, and delighted to see you pop up. And it, me, My son was very excited because, again, he had just hung out with you at Paula Poundstone's house. And we watched Blue Collar, right. where you show up as a maybe a boozed-up uh, union worker. Not a big stretch for me at this point. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, you, you like to hit the sauce a little bit. Yeah, they had. A, there's a shot in the movie that I only realized they captured when I saw the screening, the final cut in the screening. I'm walking to my car, reeling drunk. It was not like uh, they gave me a, an inner monologue or what have you to do that. I just kind of get the camera set up on a tripod quick, get Ed going to his car. <laughs> just that, that was me just walking to my car. They right. grabbed it kind of on the run, on the fly. 
because that's we, we had been in a bar for a while and I was supposed to be reeling drunk and that was me going back to the hotel. I think I believe I believe you're right. It was uh, in the '70s. You could do anything as long as it didn't bite anybody. You could bring an anaconda on the set or something. <laughs> <laughs> they were different, a little more wild westy back yeah, in those it days. Definitely was. You would sometimes get either reprimanded or possibly even let go. The threat of being let go if you didn't do drugs with other people. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't just say yes. <laughs> what uh, were you into heavy drugs back in those days? I tried. Is it all, I'm sure it's all in the book. but Yes, yeah, it is in the book, but I'm happy to talk about it because sure. it's long in my past. I snorted heroin four times. I snorted wow. coke a lot. Did that for years from like 71 through 79 when I got sober. Okay. I drank a quart of vodka every day, took plenty of pills, quaaludes, and alcohol, and I operated a vehicle. Jesus. So I didn't kill myself or worse yet, kill somebody else right. is one of those miracles you just cherish every day. Good mm-hmm. Lord. And you... Uh, You've been like you, you, sober since seventy nine. From everything, everything. Good Pots, for you. Pills, Congratulations. You know, alcohol, everything. Wow, I'm uh, sober from since ninety nine. So uh, twenty years after Look you. Look at you, looking good, pal. Thank you. You are as well. Uh, I'm younger than you, of course. So, but I wonder good if we deal. got sober. This, how old were you when you got sober? I was thirty. I just turned thirty. Yeah, I was thirty two. I think right, thirty three. So kind of the same spot where you realize I'm I'm fucking up here. Yep. I, I should get. Uh, it, where, where, did you have friends, Ed? And again, I'm sure it's all in the book, but I'm curious. Did you have friends that would say to you, I think you're boozing and drugging too much, and you went, no, I'm not, and you ignored it? Or did was it everybody just doing it, and you didn't have it, nobody guided you? Did your dad step in at any point? Like, how did you know it's time to sober up? My dad passed in 1970, so no, I didn't get a lot of input from him at, uh, after that. And so then, uh, you know, there were people who were very good about helping me, and I cherish those friendships. But the people who were fed up with me were even more powerful. There's this guy, Billy Boyle. And I remember coming into the program like for the fourth or fifth time. Hey, Slim. He'd say you could smoke back then. He's smoking outside at Rodeo. Hey, Slim. What is this? Your fourth or fifth time in and out through the revolving door here? You know what? You're never going to get sober. Oh, oh, no. I said, Billy, what a terrible thing to say. Why would you right. say that, Billy? I'm trying to make this work here. Why did you say, well... Because it's true. I understand. Don't you have a, a wife still? Yeah. You're, you're married to Gretchen? He says, no. Well, it's Ingrid. But yeah, I'm still married. What about you got a nice little apartment over in Larchmont? Yeah. On Beechwood. That's true. Were you working? Yeah, I'm over on Battlestar Galactica. You, you got a kid. I got two kids, Billy. What's your point? He says, oh, you're never going to get sober. Why? He says, because you haven't lost anything. Oh. You're going to lose it all. But here's the way it's going to work going forward. He put the cigarette out, out nearly in my face. And he said, next time before you drink, you're going to give me a call. You're going to call me before you drink, and I'm going to kick your ass. And this guy was like 5'4", you know, 111 pounds or Mm -hmm. something. Okay, Bill, you're going to kick my ass. I'm not kidding around with you. You call me, or I'm going to kick your ass. So then the inevitable happens. Either something bad happens, or in this case, something good. I got a a part on the in-laws with Peter Falk and Alan Arkin. I'm so nervous at the airport. What am I going to do? They open up the airport bar at 8 in the morning. I'm about to get on the flight. And I go, oh, Christ, i got to have a drink. I can't do it. I can't go on the set without some sort of sedative here. And I order the drink. I'm about to drink it. I remember Billy Boyle. There's no, self, no cell service back then. This is 1978. Go over to pay phone a short distance from the bar. Call up the number. Who the hell is this? <laughs> Billy, it said Begley. Jesus Christ. You told me to call you, so I'm calling you. I'm about to drink, and you said call, and so here I am. Okay, where are you headed? I can hear you at the airport. Said, yeah, I'm going down to Cuernavaca. He said, oh, I hear it's very nice this time of year. 
It's like, what the hell is this? You know, he's being very casual about the whole thing. I said, Billy, I'm about to, hold on. Bartender, did I just order Bloody Mary? Yeah, you did. You're going to drink it? Yeah, I'll be right back. I'm going to order. And by the way, I have a first class ticket because of the SAG rules. I'm going to drink on the plane for free. You're going to have five more drinks on the plane. Okay, like I said, call me when you get to Cuernavaca. Buddy, I'm going to drink right now. He says, you're not going to drink. I am going to drink. No, you're not. I said, why am I not going to drink? And he said, because you called me. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. He was right. Yeah. He said, if you wanted to drink, you wouldn't have called me before you took the drink. If you wanted to drink, you wouldn't have come into that damn meeting four times ago, back three years ago now, knucklehead. Call me when you get to Cuernavaca. Bye. <laughs> Hung up the phone on me. Did I take that drink? I'm going to say you did not. I did not take that drink. Good. That was my last drink was sometime a while before that. So Billy was... He was a guy that was totally over me, and he was a great, great influence by being, you know, what they call tough love. Right. Did he end up being your sponsor then? Or, or? He did not. He was never my sponsor, but he had a great impact on me. That's great. Uh, but you say that was 78, but you got sober in 79, so there was still a little bit of time in between that. Very good. Uh, 78 is when this happened. I went out and I drank actually one more time out in my garage. I drank for three days. I drank half a bottle of wine night one, half a bottle of a different wine night two, and beer the third day, and none of it worked. It literally stopped working. So I drank again in 79. That's my real sobriety date. This was nearly the last drink because I literally thought someone had poisoned the wine. I was pressured with you know, mortgage payments and what have you. We had bought a house, and I thought I'm going to lose the house. So I started drinking in the garage, and I thought someone, I was looking for a, like a hole in the cork where someone injected poison into it. I literally thought someone had poisoned the wine to kill me. Why would you think that? Like, who's trying to poison you? Or you I know, it didn't make it, it just totally crazy because I felt so crappy, not the next morning, that night drinking the wine, I felt shitty. Yeah. So I went, what the hell is this? And then Billy and others said, you've broken your thermostat, dude. You can never drink again. There's no amount. It's like drinking battery acid. So maybe you want to give it up. And that was the end, the end. Good for you. 1979. Three days of normal drinking that still didn't work. Right. Extraordinary. Wow. Good for you. And good for Billy Boyle for- uh, I'll say. For getting, uh, getting, and making your life, I, I think you'd agree, a thousand times better than it was. One thousand times yeah. better. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, congratulations on that. And we have a lot you of too, friends. You too, my friend. Thank you. Um, we have mutual friends that are also sober a long, long time, and it it does it, it hard at the beginning. But boy, does that once you get past that roughness, life is like you don't worry about waking up. To, what did I do last night? What did I did I did I did I kill anybody driving home? Did I say the stupid thing at the party? None of that. Right. So uh, again, congratulations to you on that. And in a marriage, it's much better. It turns out the truth is uh, the best story to remember. It's the easiest one to remember. <laughs> you know what? Right. <laughs> yeah, because that kind of addiction for some people and i was one of them led to other addictions in my first marriage i was not a good husband so i got better at it second time around and you've been married now since 2000 i want to say yeah we've been married since 2000 we've been going together since 93 and i met her in the, the rooms of recovery and so uh it's been very good now for 30 years coming up in just a few days when's the anniversary November 7th. Oh, that oh, is wow. just a few days away. That's the that's, that's, not, uh, is that, that's not D-Day. What is that, November 7th? That December is. 7th is Pearl Harbor. But November 7th, we, vo- we usually vote because it's usually right around, uh, it's usually a Tuesday. I can't remember what November No, there's 7th. a holiday on November 7th. Garen, what it's is Tom it? Tom Waits' birthday. That's what it is. Oh, no, that's <laughs> December 7th. And that's also, then we go back to Pearl Harbor. Uh, November 7th is... 
National Canine Lymphoma Awareness Day. <laughs> you know, that's what I was thinking of. Thank yeah. you, Garrett. <laughs> you know what? It, it, it turns out it's just Election Day this year. Um, but I thought it was something. Anyway, either way, happy anniversary. Thank that's you. listed before Election Day on this list. I'm looking. What at. is the dog lymphoma thing? Yes. But what are we going to do for Dog Lymphoma Day? Ed, what are your big plans for Dog Lymphoma Day? You and the wife going to do anything special for that day? Dog lymphoma? Yeah, mm-hmm. ignore your anniversary being on that same day. What are you going to do for this big holiday we just learned about? I've got a little dog that's rescued my dog. My daughter found at an impound lot. Her car got impounded a year ago, September 16th, my birthday. She called me up, Dad, my car has been impounded. I'm sorry to do this on your birthday, but I need a ride down there. i got to go get my car. I said, honey... It's a great thing that just happened. I get to spend more time with you on my birthday. It's a gift. (laughs) Right. So I take her to the impound lot. I said, let me come in. I'll I'll pay for it, honey. It's going to be a lot of money. So no, no, I did this on your birthday. No way I'm going to charge you. I'm going in. I'm going to pay for it. She calls me about two minutes later as I'm heading away from the impound lot. Your card didn't didn't have enough on your credit card, right? Here I come. I'll be right back. No, no, (laughs) it worked fine. It's all paid. But there's a little dog here, this little black terrier that almost got run over by a forklift. Can I just bring it home and clean it up and put it on the internet so the owners can find it? I said, absolutely, honey, bring it home. It was not a black terrier. It was a golden terrier. It was so covered in oil and oh, soot. Goodness. Oh, goodness. Put it on the internet. I'll jump ahead and say nobody ever claimed it. There was no chip, so we don't know who the owners were. But that dog came to me and hasn't left my side except for like brief periods like this. She's just been my sweet angel oh, for boy. a year and a month now. And Isn't what, that great? What what's the dog's about? name? Bunny, little bunny, little bunny. That's great. I haven't had a dog since I was four years old, and the dog, my the dog was shared by my sister, whose name is Aileen, and, but nobody knows this. Her name was actually Bunny, and Hayden picked that name out of the sky. She never knew my sister's nickname when she was quite young, oh my which gosh. was Bunny. Isn't that crazy? Uh-huh. Yes, it is. So I've got a. I had a dog when I was up till four or five. Now I have a dog again. That's wonderful. <laughs> it's very cool. Now let's get mad at your daughter. What did she do to get that Karen pounded? Oh yeah. How did that happen, and why? It happened. She should have known not to park there, except that they had special signs up because they were pouring concrete. And so she knew she could park there on Tuesday night or whatever it was. But Wednesday morning, they're pouring concrete, and she got towed. All right. She she should have known to look, even though she knew. It's what you know for sure is true is what always gets you because it's not true. Wait, what? What, what, yeah. what riddle I did you I told that very us? badly. The things, it's not what you don't know that gets you. It's what you're certain is true that is not true that'll get you every time. Yeah. Okay. Long-winded. There's a much better way to say it that I don't remember. Oh, I do. I disagree. I think that was the best way to say it. It was, it was tight Thank and uh, left me bewildered. So I think it was perfect. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, working with, again, it was like going back to your career, uh, having the opportunity like to do Blue Collar with, with Richard Pryor, uh, that's early in Richard's career. Richard was terrific in that movie. He and, was so good. And it's it's a it's a dramatic movie. It's not a comedy. No, not remotely. And, it's uh, Paul Schrader, the wonderful Paul Schrader. Yeah. He'd written Taxi Driver. He had written Raging Bull. That got done a few years later. But I think he had already written that. He was w- working out the script at that point, perhaps. But uh, we did this movie, Blue Collar, in 1977. And this wonderful writer was now directing, uh, and he basically just gave me the part. I didn't even have to read for it. He'd see me in Stay Hungry, this movie, this Bob Rafelson movie with uh, Jeff Bridges and Sally Field and Mm -hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger as well. And so I got this blue collar with no audition and did it and then did another movie for him and another. I was in Cat People. I was in several movies for Paul. It was was and is a dear friend and a a guy gave me some great, great jobs. Harvey Keitel, for God's sake, was in it. Yes. Cotto. Cliff DeYoung, uh, 
Lane Smith, my God, your Tracy is. Walter, all these wonderful, wonderful, talented people. Here's George a, Memoli. Here's a fun fact uh, for nobody but you, maybe. Uh, my very first commercial audition here uh, it was it was for a Super Bowl commercial. It was my first. I moved here in 1995. My very first. Jimmy, you're going to be going to this spot, and then blah blah blah. And I didn't know what I was doing. I had no clue how to how to do an audition. I had never done one. I had just moved here, so I sign in. I see the page, and then I uh, and I see on the page a name I recognize. I recognize that guy. And they call us both in, and they go, uh, uh, Jimmy Pardo and uh, Tracy Walter. Uh-huh. And so my very first audition here was auditioning alongside Tracy Walter, a guy who I'd seen in a gazillion movies. And I'm like, gee, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm in here with this legendary character actor. Legendary. And luckily, he did everything first. Like they, you know, do, doing the, uh, you know, say your name, give us your profiles, all that stuff. He did it all first. So I got to f- see how to do a, an audition. So he basically taught me how to do a commercial audition just by me being in the room with him. And so I will forever be grateful to Tracy Walter. And so whenever I see him on a, in a movie, it brings back that great memory. He had a small part in the Union Hall in that movie. Yeah. And everybody, including me, was going, wait a minute, who the hell is that guy? Yeah. He was just doing something very different from what I was doing. I was, back then, still at that point in my career, I was relaxed around the camera. You know, that's not that compelling to watch somebody relaxed around the camera. <laughs> I did that for about a decade, the first decade of my work. And then I fortunately got a little zip in the the work after that but before that it was jack nicholson and tracy walter was in this with jack nicholson directing and starring called uh uh going south mm-hmm. going south tracy was in that was great but the first take that i do for jack he goes that all you're going to give me begs <laughs> i go oh christ almighty i'm disappointed the guy i admire the most in the whole world right best actor best everything mm-hmm. and so i was so filled with adrenaline you know, I just kind of did something else and I didn't have the same relaxed, vacant eyes that I had in the take. And I realized I got to up my game here. I got to go back and study some more. I'm disappointing people like Jack Nicholson. And it spurred me on to do better work and to, you know, just work my craft some more. And right. Bruno Kirby was very great in that way, too. He always studied and he got me back studying with, uh, with Peggy Fury again. And finally, I started to do some better work. At- Jack was a great friend to me always wow that it, it, what's fascinating to me about it is that you you had a terrific career a de- your words a decade of of work and you still thought i based on that one is i gotta i i go back to classes because so many so many actors will go i've got it now i don't need to i don't need to learn anymore i, I I'm, I'm making a living i bought a house i'm good to go but so that's that's fascinating to me that you established actor like jack like billy boyle told me the truth not what i wanted to hear right that all you're going to give me like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Yeah. And I realized I had to up my game. I didn't have to do the scene, you know, chicken salad sandwich from five easy, easy <laughs> pieces that he did. But I had to do something that was, as that was, compelling in some way. Mm-hmm. You know, I got relaxed around the camera working on Room 222. I kind of learned on that show to not freak out. Oh, my God, the camera's over here. What am I doing? You know, like a person who's never been in front of a camera before, a civilian out there in the world. You could see them reacting to the camera. That went away. Uh, just after a few years of work. But then I was, as I said, just relaxed around the camera, which is boring. Right, okay. And so then I zipped up. And there's another guy that came along. I got to give him credit. His name is Roy, Roy London. Roy London, I was working with him one day on a scene. And he said, you know what I think, here's the way I'd like to sum it up, Ed. What I think is the most compelling thing to watch is how a character deals with pain. I went, 
thanks, Roy. Oh, look at the time. I got to go. I started to drive home. I went, what a bunch of crap. I'm in pain. My arm hurts or what have you. I'm in pain. Corsair Lorca's blood wetting. I'm in pain. Life is painful. And somebody writhing in pain. Who went? And I realized that wasn't what he said at all. Mm. He said how a character deals with pain. Comedy or drama, it doesn't matter. Harold Lloyd hanging from a clock. Imagine what that would be like, hanging from a clock that high up. Laurel and Hardy, you know, carrying a piano uh, down a flight of stairs, and it falls on them. Comedy or drama is universal. Meryl Streep and Sophie's Choice, dealing with that pain of her choice, what she had to do with her children. I mean, that's what's interesting to watch. Not a person being in pain, a person trying to keep the lid on the pot. Yeah. You know, Joaquin Phoenix in The Master. Watch, you know, anything Joaquin Viola Davis does. You see how a character deals with pain. It's a universal truth to what's the best thing to do as an actor, as a writer, as a director. How your characters deal with pain, which can mean discomfort, jealousy, avarice, you know, so many, pick your words, but discomfort, negativity, pain. Wow. Roy London. Roy London. Mm -hmm. Who I'd never heard that name, and I will now. Uh, Very good acting teacher. Terrific. Um, I would imagine no longer with us uh, since you he was passed, a, yes. a student, a, a teacher of yours. Uh, Ed, you brought up a, a show that I was going to bring up because whenever the number 222 comes up in this room, I say, oh, the Karen Valentine. Uh, because exactly. of room 222 and these young people don't know what the fuck i'm talking about <laughs> uh you were a regular on that program were, were you not, not? Uh, i was recurring, recurring but in a, a very odd kind of recurring they don't do this anymore fortunately if you recur you're the same character the next time and the next and the next i was bob i was willard i was stretch webster i was all these different characters somehow each season they just say well, i'll give him a new name or right or hire ed for this part they just i don't know how or why they did it but i kept getting hired on that and uh, I started to get, because I was a cameraman before that, so I was very knowledgeable about the camera. So I started to go, I started to go, you know, I'm not nervous about it anymore. The guy's got a zoom lens on. I can see he's going from 30 millimeter tightening up to three, you know, 75 millimeter to a nice tight shot. I got into the technical stuff of what a camera did even more. Hmm. And so I just got relaxed, which was one step. Then you have to take it further and do something that is compelling to watch. Right. And uh, which, which Nicholson finally set you straight on. He sure did. Um, the uh, going back to the, with, with you would play a different role each time. That kind of is what happened, like on Barney Miller and all those things. Like it, the character actors would show up; they were a different perp each time they would show up. Right? Why? Why? It is fascinating. They don't do that anymore. Why did they ever? Was there? We, now I'm going to show my young age. Um, was was the talent pool just not big enough at the time, so they would just use the same folks? Because they went, I I know Begley's money in the bag. Let's get him again. Um, did you have to go in and re-audition each time you're going to do Room 222? Or would they just hand the role? And why would that happen, do you think? And it doesn't happen now. I sometimes went in auditions, but it was more the old studio system and the favoritism. Okay. And it was the it was uh, Nepo Baby stuff, too. I um, worked with your dad on Philco Playhouse, and he was terrific. We did a great thing together on that. Top of page eight, Ed, good luck. Number one, <laughs> yeah, they were rooting for me. It was great. Number one, they remembered my name. And number two... They were kind of rooting for me. At the end, they go, give Begley the part. Come on, his kid. Right, okay. For Christ's sake, give him the part. I didn't know the term white privilege at all. It was not known back in 1960 or 70-something, but I certainly was still the beneficiary of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I got all these parts because Jack Klugman liked my dad, so I got several Quincy's playing different people. Yes, you did, you what, know? three? I think three Quincy's, right? I did at least two. Maybe I did three. I think you might be I right. Say wow. three. You know my IMDb page better than me. I'm I the just person. these guys know it. I've just watched Quincy was maybe 
three months ago, I watched all the Quincy's. Wow. Yeah, uh, just I'm re- reliving my youth via you know the DVDs and whatever is available. Out it's there. fun stuff to watch. I enjoy it's, watching it. I love it. it it's very, it's it's a, it's oddly soothing. It's also nostalgic, yes. and uh, also the acting is phenomenal. Yes, that's the other very thing. Good. I mean, Klugman's great. When you pop up, you're always great. The uh, Tyne Daly has never done anything bad in her life. I agree. And, and you get to see all that, you know, that magic of all these people that uh, you kind of just take for granted when you see their names now and you realize, you know, the hard work that they did and that they put in and how great they were. Michael Constantine, for God's sake. Oh, my God. For 22. What a wonderful actor. Sorrel Book came and did a bunch of episodes. Sorrel Book, who Valentine's. Uh, uh, Boss Hogg on uh, Dukes of Hazzard. That's right. Young. Always good. Uh, and then uh, you mentioned your dad. Let's mention him very quickly. Your dad was in... 12 Angry Men. Yeah. In addition, he was Oscar winning and dominated other stuff. But 12 Angry Men, just uh, as everybody in that cast was, just f- amazing. Juror number 10, he was so great. Come on, you know what these people are like? Why is everybody looking at me like that? Just this horrible racist that, you know, didn't had no clue what he was doing, what right. he was about to others. Just shockingly wonderful. And in Patterns, he was so good in Patterns. Yeah, if yeah. you haven't seen that, it's so good. There's a Richard Kiley version, and there's another one uh, who stars in the other one. I can't remember, but it's just wonderful, wonderful show. Written by Rod Serling. Right. Uh, you uh, you mentioned your dad passed away in 1970, so you you relatively long. Were, did you were you able to experience great joy with your dad, like both being in the same business when you were young, or did again did did he pass so soon that you didn't get an opportunity to be in the business kind of at the same time? I mostly. Uh, worked as a cameraman when he was still alive, okay. an assistant cameraman. I got a few jobs as an actor, but I literally thought the phone was going to ring off the hook after I did the first, you know, uh, My Three Sons. I literally thought, I, I kept my makeup on after I worked that day, went off on my bicycle with the makeup on, hoping someone would recognize me. <laughs> they hadn't even processed the film yet. They haven't synced it up with a quarter inch tape, and I was really expecting to hear from somebody. Right. It was crazy. Like, wow, did you see the dailies on that Begley kid? <laughs> Got to lock him up in a long-term contract right away. Right. So, uh, <laughs> I was delusional. Wake me when I'm famous was my mantra back then, I think. But and it happened. But it, it, the hard work paid off. And it, it I, did. I know you're giving your dad a lot of credit, but if you sucked, it was there's a lot of Nepo babies that aren't good. They get one or two shots and then they're done. You prove that you could be in this business you know, long term. Yeah, you got to deliver. Luckily, I didn't get fired the first few things I did that were quite mediocre, but I got better. I kind of learned on the job. And, you know, I... I Early on, I didn't think I had a train at all. It's like, wake me when I'm famous and do I have to do any work at all? Give me a wagon train, Dad. I, I never thought it. I mean, I never said it. Thank God I just thought it. Give me a Perry Mason. Get me a, you know, gun smoke. When, first of all, he hadn't, hadn't the power to do so. And also, I wouldn't have appreciated it if he'd just gotten it for me. Right. I had to go and earn it. And, and finally, uh, after he passed away, oddly, is when I really started to work. Right, because mm-hmm. uh, again, the name, uh, right, and this is all again. It's, it's. I assume it's all in the book. The uh, to the Temple of Tranquility and step on it. Uh, give it the, the reason for that title is what, sir? Dick Stahl was a wonderful actor, and he was a great improv actor. But this was not a line he said in a TV show or movie or on stage. It was a line he said, like me. He had kind of been greatly impacted by the Beatles seeing the Maharishi and getting guidance from the Maharishi. So he couldn't get a hold of the Maharishi, but he found this temple of tranquility, this ashram somewhere far away. Being a type A personality like me, it had all planned out. I was gonna, he was going to go take a plane from L.A. to Hawaii, change planes there, get on a plane to the Philippines, get on a merchant marine vessel that was very low cost, 
to get to this area like Indonesia someplace, take another little boat to get to this this small island that had the ashram, the Temple of Tranquility. So the plane from LA was sadly late. So right when he, he landed, he could see the plane from Hawaii to the Philippines taking off on a runway. He missed that, so it was a day late. So he missed a merchant marine vessel. So then he had to get another passage and he finally did that, but it was monsoon season. And he finally gets off the boat runs up the dock and hops into a little taxi and says to the driver, to the Temple of Tranquility and step on it. <laughs> and it seems so insane and ironic, you know, to the driver as well as him. The driver's trying to not laugh and lose his tip. Right. But it just was this great, crazy thing that Dick said in his real life. And I thought, if I ever write a book, I think that's going to be the title. Love it. Because that's what I tried to do. I tried to rush serenity, which you cannot. I tried to rush serenity by drinking a quart of vodka. You know, that's one form of serenity. I think it's called numbness. Yes. And I thought that was serenity. It, of course, is nothing like serenity. So uh, I tried to rush it every way you can, and it doesn't work. Wow. Uh, love it. I, 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 now I'm pissed off I didn't read the book before you got here. I, uh, I apologize. Uh, oh, don't worry, pal. Read it at your leisure. It's fine. I'm going to go. And don't rush it. I will not. <laughs> I, that's what I, I just learned that from, uh, what was the fellow's name? Who went? Uh, Dick, Dick Stahl. Stahl. Richard, Richard Stahl. Dickie Stahl. I'm going to call him Dickie Stahl as if I knew yeah. him. Um, Ed, before we get into all the Chris Guest stuff and all the other stuff that we know you from, uh, I, I, I want to go back to the 70s stuff because I'm fascinated by it. You did two fantasy islands. I did. And, uh, and a love boat, which were the Saturday nights in my home. My parents went to bowling. My brother and I would have TV dinners and sit in front of the TV, and those were the shows we couldn't wait to watch. Um, great experiences, okay experiences, just working experiences. Who cares? Uh Good to great, you know, great because it was such an iconic show, you know, Fantasy Island, and I did a couple of those. And uh, what was the other one you Love mentioned? Boat. You did a Love Boat Love as Boat. well. Yeah, I finally did a Love Boat, an iconic show. In fact, I was on the a show that was the precursor to Love Boat. It was an Aaron Spelling show. It was called Starsky and Hutch. Yes. They did an episode called Murder at Sea on a boat. We left from by plane to Hawaii from LAX. Then we took a boat back from Hawaii to San Francisco and filmed the whole while there. There's a murder that takes place in the boat. Yeah. And Starsky and Hutch both are trying to solve it. But on that boat, it was just so fascinating to Aaron looking at the dailies and watching the cut show. He thought, we should do a thing about a romance on a boat. We should do a show about that. And they did just that. It was a great success. So I got a part playing. It was, there'd always, there had already been a movie called Splash, with uh, Daryl Hannah and with Tom Hanks, and it was a big success. So Aaron Spelling was known for, well, take do something that's like Splash, but you know, don't get us in trouble with you know, the people who own the rights to that. So they did that, and that was my story with Mary Crosby. Crosby. She was a, mer- a mermaid, and uh, I was a guy in love with her. Right. Uh, I remember it, and I, I, Mary Crosby is another one that would show up in all of these, all these murder she wrote and stuff like that. Um, and Fantasy Island, yeah. that one, I have a different kind of wonderful memory for, and a strange memory as well. I played a guy that worked on a trawler, and the guy whose fantasy it was, he was a prince or something. Oh yeah, it was Dak Rambo. Yep. And Dak Rambo was a prince, and he was like pretending to be an everyman working on this trawler with me. But my wife was very pregnant when I started the day when I left my apartment with her to go to work in San Pedro. And uh, I said, everything okay? You feel okay? It's not going to be today. She says, no, it's not. And I went off and I got in the boat in San Pedro. This is in 1977. So again, no cell phones. When I get off the boat and finish the day, the guy, as there always is, an assistant director at base camp signing you out. Sign right here, Mr. Begley. I'm signing. He said, I hear your wife's going to have a baby. I said, yeah, yes, she is. 
Thank you. That was him telling me my wife was in labor. Oh, no. <laughs> Your wife's going to have a baby. Yeah. So and, in a way, it was a gift because I might have killed myself in traffic getting there. So I got, but I got there in time for the birth and everything, and it was great. My agent, of all people, was sitting there with her, what? giving more than his 10% to my dear wife. <laughs> <laughs> Very sweet. And so, uh, and then the next time I worked for Aaron Spelling was on, I worked for him years later on Seventh Heaven. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Same thing, but a lot different. Uh, my current wife, Rochelle, was in labor, and that's the morning that I had to go work on uh, Seventh Heaven for Aaron Spelling. And I called him up. I said, my wife's water just broke. It's the night before, and I, so I can't come in tomorrow. I said, Ed, Ed, I'm sorry. We would never say this. We would adjust. We can't. All the trucks are there at the thing, and it was like San Pedro or something again. It was somewhere far away. I think it was, it was San Pedro. That's crazy. And they're all in San Pedro. We can't, we have to start shooting there. The first scene is with you. You've got to show up for work. I mean, we can do a few shots before you come. Mm. So I said, Rochelle, you got to pick up the pace here. <laughs> and step on it. <laughs> the temple of uh, yeah. birth and, and step, step on it. Right. And did she get it done before you got to the... She uh, did. God she bless her. God wow. bless her. Uh, how many kids total do you have? I have three wonderful children, great. Ingrid and I, my first wife, wonderful Ingrid and I had two great kids, Amanda and Nick, and now I have Hayden, who's 24 years old, and my son Nick gave me three wonderful grandchildren, so I'm many times blessed, Jimmy. Good for you. I am. You deserve it. Everything, everything has gone Begley's way since 79. Uh, Where did I go right? <laughs> uh, well, you landed, you got yourself straight, and then you found the right people. That's right. And... Uh, uh, and you got the talent to back it up too, which I is, don't know about that, uh, but I'll I, agree to disagree. I, well, <laughs> four of us in this room have watched your work over the years, and we would disagree with you disagreeing with us. You're very kind. Uh, let's talk about the Chris Guest movies for a little bit. Uh, did you, you, you know, I, I, God bless his soul, and he was a friend of the show. Fred Willard used to have like an improv group here in the Valley, and they would get at together. the White Fire. Yeah, were you part of that? And is that how they found you? Or like, how did Ed Bakley fall into the Chris Guest improvisational comedy world, having done really all those dramas for the beginning of your career? I met Chris in 1976 with a man by the name of Tony Hendra. He was the editor of the National Lampoon, and Chris had done a lot of National Lampoon. Uh, uh, projects at that point. He had done the Radio Dinner album, which was a huge success, and he was one of the best vocal artists on it, I thought. So I'm in this thing, Tony Hendrick drags me to some recording session where they're doing some Lampoon-related product. I can't remember what exactly they were doing, but there was Chris Guest. So I was like fawning all over him, obviously. And I know your sister Alyssa and blah, 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 just using anything to ingratiate myself to him. Yeah. So when he moved to L.A., a short time later, we became friendly, and he and Rob and Michael McKean and Harry Shearer put me in, in Spinal Tap. Yeah. So after being the drummer in that, he thought of me, I guess, for, uh, I wasn't in Guffman, but that's a perfect movie. I wouldn't want to be in it. Anything would alter that and make it less perfect. So it's my favorite of all the Chris Guest movies, and I'm not in it, so you know <laughs> I'm being fair. Right. But the next one, Best in Show, he gave me that wonderful part as a, uh, assistant manager, whatever I am, the desk clerk and best in show at the hotel. Yeah. And that is the show. That is the project. Chris Guest did it. He got me out of movie jail. <laughs> I was in movie jail. There's a three strikes law in Hollywood too, you might know. Mm. If you do three projects that are critically, you know, not well regarded and also do 
more importantly, do poorly at the box office. And I'd been in three movies that didn't do very well. So the whole decade of the 90s, I worked very little, almost no Hollywood, no like studio movies at all. I had six weeks on Greedy and one week on Batman Forever. That's the whole decade. Wow. I did TV. Yeah. I could go out of the country and work, but I didn't really work in studio movies for 10 years till Chris sprung me with Best in Show. And then I've been doing movies, TV shows, everything since. Yeah. What were the three, uh, just out of curiosity, what were the three clunkers that... Uh, Transylvania 6, 5,000. Oh, which talk, was fun. It's a fun, sweet movie. I l- love it. I really do. I love all three of these movies I'm about to cite, but okay. they didn't do well critically or box office. Transylvania 6, 5,000. She-Devil, believe it or not, did, did, did not do well. It's the Roseanne Barr, right? Roseanne and, Barr and, and Meryl, Meryl Streep. Streep, yeah. And then the third one was Meet the Applegates, which is actually a wonderful movie. Michael Lehman wrote it and, and directed it. And it's very good with, uh, uh, who's in it? Uh, I don't. Dabney Coleman's in it, I know. And Stocker Channing is in it. Stocker Channing is wonderful in it. I'm in it. And it's, it's a good movie, but it just didn't do well. Okay. And people didn't like it. Uh, I mean, the fans liked it, but the critics didn't like it. Uh, I thought She Devil was a huge success, but you're obviously you're. You're it was not. Otherwise. At the same time, there's another similar kind of movie, similar in tone, very dark movie about marriage and infidelity and all of that. It was called War of the Roses. That one did very well with Michael, Michael Douglas, Douglas yeah. and uh, Body Heat. Come on. Kate, no, Kathleen she, Turner. Kathleen Turner. Mm-hmm. Kathleen Turner, yeah. Yes. Who was very good. And Danny DeVito was very good. And mm-hmm. everybody was very good. In right. It. And that was huge. Huge. Uh, well, Michael Douglas was on top of the world at that, at that Always moment. Always romancing the stone and all of it. Did you never? You didn't do a Streets of San Francisco. If I'm I not. did not, I would have done it in a second. Of I was a big fan of him and a big fan of uh, Carl Malden. Wonderful Carl. I knew Carl a bit. Oh, you did. Yeah. Did you ever work with? Opportunity never worked work with him, but he was on the board of the the uh, Motion Picture Academy for quite a while, and so was I. Uh, Ed, Ed uh, uh, no judgment here if the answer is no. Have you been hitting the picket line at all? I have been to the picket line, walking the picket line quite a bit. Part of it is a cheat. I should be there every day when they were out at Radford, you know, because that's, I live, you know, literally 150 yards from (laughs) from that one, that picket line. So I went there a a good deal. I went to Disney. I went to Universal. So I've been to a few places. Oh, you're doing it. Great. Yeah, I'm doing it. Good for you. Yeah, it's- uh, Good for you. It's a good feeling to get out there and uh, and you need to hold that sign and be supportive. And uh, let's hope that uh, the union where the uh, auto workers uh, came to, uh, all three, I believe, are settled Mm -hmm. as of now. Yeah, and the writers got, if we get something that is as good for us as it was for the writers, I think that's all we want. We don't- we're not asking for everything, just something fair. Right. Mm-hmm. And hopefully this week it'll, uh, hopefully it'll end because it looks like they did a lot I have of high hopes. I think, I think we might be headed in the right direction. Great. Um, and you, you mentioned where you live, which is not far from Radford. You used to back in the day. Remember this, Matt? I don't know if you might not remember this. Uh, Ed, you're in a room where everybody has an electric car. So know that. <laughs> so you're, you know, you're in a you safe guys. zone with that. And yeah. you were in early Love you on even that. even more if that's possible. Thank you all. <laughs> uh, but there's the car wash on Ventura that uh, I took advantage of very early on when electric cars were uh, few and far between. If anybody showed up at that car wash with an electric car, you would pay for that car wash. Is that true, or did I make this shit up? Uh, he, the man, the wonderful man, Ben Farad, he said he did it because of me. Oh, because but I did. I did not pay for one of them. He was so sweet. He gave me free car washes too. Oh, so you? But said, he you know, gave you the credit, but you didn't. You were not paying for these. Car I wouldn't washes. pay for it. He Ben paid for it. He. T- it was all on the cuff, thanks to Ben. He did it for years. Yeah. 
before they were, and then there were so many of them he couldn't afford to continue doing yeah. that. Who could blame him? Right. He was very, very generous to do that for quite a while. He bought an ad for this play I was doing too. I wrote a play about my dear friend Cesar Chavez, mm. and he got involved in that, took out an ad for the play, and did other wonderful things. Oh, great. Very nice fellow. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, that's the car wash with the giant hand in front, right? Correct. Is that the one that's that I'm it. thinking of? <laughs> uh, what was my first electric car that I would bring? The VW, maybe? Yeah, was that the first the, 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 the e golf? The e golf. That was my first yeah. one. Yeah, and uh, I would bring it there, get a nice bath there, free of charge. I thought on Begley's dime. <laughs> now that I know that it wasn't this movie star giving me that thing, I feel bad for uh, for Ben. <laughs> He's uh, a good guy. Uh, you know what? Maybe I'll visit him today. Maybe after the. Uh, does he still own it? He still does. I give him business. That's the only car wash I go to because of what well, he did over the years. It's, it's not convenient for me, though. I, I can't I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly not your fault, uh, the where I chose to live. Um, but uh, all right, let's get back in. All right, so you do. So guests put you in those movies. Uh, did, did you do improv before? Like, I mean, th- those are, it's all improv. Right. Yeah, I had I had a comedy act for a while. I was uh, had a duo with Michael Richards when I was in college. You did. Yeah, we did a duo for a while. Then he went and joined the military, and I saw so I started to do a solo act. Did that for a while. He came back and we tried again. My problem with Michael, I just couldn't keep a straight face. He was such a gifted physical comic. <laughs> yeah. You know, I couldn't maintain. So he went off and did uh, Fridays, and then he did this show and that. And finally, got Seinfeld, and the rest is TV history. Of course. And uh, and then so that solo comedy act you did were you going to comedy clubs or were you going to- yeah comedy clubs you I were played the Ice House the Troubadour Max's Kansas City the Bottom Line uh, clubs and colleges and concerts all across the country you did wow. and when you say concerts were you uh, I on opened your own? for Loggins and Messina yeah, John Sebastian for? okay wow. Poco at Nassau Coliseum eighteen thousand people holy shit and you're going out there Ed Beckley an unknown comedian. Uh, there's the great Albert Brooks bit about, you know, getting booed off stage. I think it was Three Dog Night he might have been opening for. But uh, Richie Havens. Rich, it was Richie Havens. Rich, thank you. Richie. That's it. Of course. I had the same thing happen. This was going to ask you. Poco, Poco. For Poco, which is a laid back <laughs> fucking smoke, uh, dope smoking band. Yeah. And they would still chant for them while you're up there trying to be funny. <laughs> well, but it was all my fault. I hadn't thought it through. I had these like payoffs to the gags or I was a prop comic so I had these payoffs that were like a 16 by 20 size Which picture <laughs> and I'm at Nassau Coliseum right the first 10 rows loved my ass they're all in 11 rows out <laughs> forget about it nobody knew what the hell is that poco 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 get them off unbelievable how much time would you have to do do you remember what's that how much time would you have to do I would do about 20 to 25, depending on what they wanted. Just 20 to 25 minutes, opening act stuff. But that's hard to do. Listen, I've been doing this 30 years. That's hard to do when nobody wants you to be doing it. Right. Right? 20 minutes seems like nothing, but in a room full of poco poco, that's a long effing time. I did pretty well because um, I had an opening bit that was a, it was the 70s, so it was kind of a druggy bit. I would come out, have the person, the sound guy introduce me. Hi. We're going to get to the main act in a few minutes, Don McLean. But first of all, we have a, a member of the LAPD, Los Angeles Police Department, here to talk to your kids about some problems in the community. All right. So people would boo, which was great news for me. The people that booed the loudest would soon be doing something else loudly. So I'd come out there. Hi, calm down, please. I want to talk to your kids about some of the problems in the community. I have this gave this drug talk that became more and more absurd. Right. And finally, they were all the whole room would be laughing. Oh, so. It was a good setup that I, that I had a, another bit. I had a, a changing screen on stage. I come out with a wig on with an IV in my arm as a rock musician. I had like a, 
uh, nun's headdress on. I did a thing called the nun story. With the, I just had all these crazy props. And finally, I wised up at, for the bigger venues that I had a big slide projection. I had video, uh, not video, but I had sound playback, audio playback from a cassette deck and a slide projection. So it worked better for big rooms. Right. Wow, that's fascinating. It was fun. I did it for a while, and it's really good as a comic. Somebody wants to be in comedy movies and TV shows to see what makes America laugh. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. It's very real, as you know. You know, it's not, They're not trying to please you. They're going to laugh, or they're going to not laugh, or worse yet, they'll boo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have a lot of – besides Nassau Coliseum, I had one bad night at um, Max's – oh, no. Was it Ma- yeah, it was Max's Kansas City. It was a real kind of a too-druggy crowd, and they – didn't even they never wanted to hear what I was saying after the opening. Mm. They thought I was a real cop. Oh, idiots! <laughs> now they're all doped up. Yeah. Um, uh, you mentioned Don McLean. Is it, did you? Did, uh, I opened for him. His manager Herb Gart discovered me at the Troubadour, and then he became my manager. Herb Gart managed Don McLean and me and a few other people. Wow. And uh, Don McLean still tours, I believe. Uh, he sure does. Doing shows around uh, town, of course. American Can't Heat, Neil Sedaka. Um, who else did I open for? I don't know. God, I can't Is remember. this all in the book Dave as well? Dave Mason. Yeah, Dave Mason opened for him. You and me would just disagree. Uh, that's a song. Take your word for it. All right. Hey, Ed, we do a stupid thing on here. Trivia. I don't know if they told you about it in the break. They sure did. Uh, my 16-year-old son, who, again, that you met at Paula Poundstone's house, uh, writes these questions. Great. And I got news for you. I don't have one. You didn't oh. say It just occurred to me I don't have one. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh oh. All right. You know what we'll do? We'll text him, and he'll get his ass in gear. <laughs> Otherwise, it's in the middle of school. It just occurred to me that he did not send me a, a question. Do, wow. If, if right. he if he hasn't if he if he's unable to get it, did, didn't we have one one day where Danielle was going to write a question or wrote a question, and then it turned we out that Oliver got it, it in? Uh, no, I think we ended up using it. Okay. Didn't we or no? I don't remember. Right, well, I don't let's know give, if that's helpful. Let's give him uh, a couple seconds here. Um, <laughs> this is absurd. How old is he? Well, maybe he is 16 years old. Oh, he'll answer you quick. Yeah, he. Uh, it depends. They get on, back quickly. If he, he can, if he has access to his phone, he's yeah. not in some situation at school yeah. where they won't let him open it. He, uh, he might be at lunch. He so. might be at lunch, so we, we got a pretty good shot. He usually gets back to me fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Admittedly, last week he took a little bit of time, and it pissed me off. It took upwards of six minutes, and I need answers quick. I'm like you. I want a response right away. Damn right you do. Uh, by the way, you know what? Temple of Tranquility and step on it. <laughs> That's right. You don't respond quickly to text messages. Ed Bagley Jr. Yeah. You text Ed, you're going to get a response within seconds. Nice. That's right. It's a joy as opposed to waiting. Which uh, oh, I've been meaning to ask. Yes. Any relation to Don Pardo? I am not, sir, but thank you for asking. Yeah. Uh, same spelling, right? Same spelling. And growing up, for reasons, Ed, to this second, I don't understand, my grandparents said we were related to him. We're right. not. How do you like that? It made no sense to me. They're like, well, you know, when Don, you know, maybe Don can help you get on SNL. Like when I was starting out as a comedian, open micer, where, you know, family thinks you go from doing one show to, you know, Johnny Carson. They were like, well, uh, Uncle Don can help you get on uh, uh, Saturday Night Live. I'm like, are we really related to him? And my grandparents would go, yeah. Then my dad would go, we're not related to him. Don't, <laughs> wow. don't listen oh, to your grandparents. I don't know why they're saying that. That's pretty funny. But they would uh, say it. and uh, It gave them some joy. It gave them joy. <laughs> and people my age and up all ask me if I'm related to him. Young people don't have a clue who that is. And uh, because, Great voice. Yes. I, I, if, if only I had his career. If only I was related to him. I would have ridden those coattails. Are you kidding me? I'd be there right now. I sure now. did. I made a whole career out of it. You're damn right. <laughs> Begley's son, goddammit. <laughs> Juror number 10. 
Look it up. Look it up. Uh, what was the movie your dad was? He won an award, not uh, Academy Award. Sweet Bird of Youth, Paul Newman, Geraldine Page, That's and Rip Torn, who was brilliant in the movie too. Wow. Best supporting actor. Rip should have gotten a nomination too. I have never, I've never seen that movie. Yeah, me neither. It's, it's pretty good. It's uh, yeah. I'm gonna. Uh, my son, by the way, right now, who just uh, uh, started a, a theater at his high school. Um, he is begging them to do 12 Angry Men, as a, but 12 Angry Jurors, I guess right, they call it Right, right, that's what they do now. And uh, he's begging them to because he wants to do the, um, oh, shit, the, the Marty Balsam role. He, that's uh, that's what it, right? Isn't a good part. All of them yeah, are good. The Jack great. Warden part, all of them. Yeah. Lee Cobb. Ah, oh, damn. You've, have you seen the, the original yeah. lately? Not, no, not lately. Oh, my God. It is, it's, it's it holds flawless. Up very well. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch it with my kids because I feel like they're old enough to see Yeah, they it played in school a lot. A lot of schools played yeah. as part of their... Or civics class or yeah, whatever it is because it's so it's so and then amy schumer did a great parody of it on her show mm-hmm. i think about oh what was it garen what's it about the one that amy schumer does the parody the fact that there's no women in it. i don't know if it's that or is it about it's, it's certainly about women's rights in some way but right it's, boy it's so well done it's god i want I, I recall the thing too but i don't remember exactly what the what it hinged on and i did not watch a lot of the amy schumer show so if i'm telling you it's great it, it's yeah. great yeah in a parody of 12 men a jury of 12 men must determine if amy schumer is hot enough to be on tv is oh that's what it was yes <laughs> oh that's what it was what was it i didn't hear go ahead garen uh, it's a jury of 12 men must determine if amy schumer is hot enough to be on tv oh that's funny it's funny it's really well done uh all right let's take a break let's take our first break yeah uh, and if I don't get one from my son, I will uh, I will uh, get one from my wife. Yeah. So because we have to have a trivia question. Right. Yeah. Right. Mr. Yep, Begley wants to answer it. trivia. Like trivia. Got five dollars. Right. Can't just sit there. This guy needs five bucks. It's <laughs> a car wash. They're not free anymore. So. That's right. I bet you he still gets some free. Mm. You still get yours. No, free? I stopped getting it free years ago. Ben shakes you down for a car wash. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to pay it. He knows I got a free ride for quite a while. Uh, and you still. Uh, how did you feel, Edward, at that episode of Friends where the, you were a punch? line uh, remember that episode I, I forget who the comic was it, it was dating jennifer aniston it said ah you, you're going around i'm sick of that ed begley going around in his electric car do you remember that i do and i made a mistake i the bit was funny i quickly realized the bit was funny but they wanted me to be in it as a visual payoff and i said no i should have said yes yes you should have said I yes should have said yes to just be in the car there holding up traffic i thought i don't want to give electric cars a bad name i whatever i thought <laughs> and that's true i didn't want to do that but it's still it's funny you got to go for the funny mm-hmm. uh 100 yeah uh speaking of which here's a fun thing while we wait mm-hmm. uh we always do. Uh, I've done few things in this world that can, uh, will uh, somehow connect me to other actors. Uh, Twelve degrees of Jimmy Pardo. How many degrees do Ed Begley and I have uh, oh. in oh, in working in this town? One. One. What do you think it is? Um, I don't know, but I'm sure it's just one. I got to look at your IMDb page. Well, I'm going to guess it, it involves Ted Danson. It does not involve Ted Danson. Oh, it doesn't. Wait, wait. One means we worked on the same project together, right? Right. That's what one means. Is that the case? It is one. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Ed Begley and I are not aware of uh, that. Monk? It is not Monk. But we are in the same, uh, we're in the same movie together. And you know, I've only done three movies. Black Black Cat? It is not. No, it is not. (laughs) This is a... uh, uh, So it's not Dreamgirls because... 2005. No, Ed's not in 2005. Let me think. I think 2005. That's a guess on my part. No, that's probably pretty good. It is not the Peach Wobble movie. Oh, uh, what about uh, the the one with uh, Michael J. Fox? 
No, that's Grimley. <laughs> that's, that's 94. Uh, no, I was not. Uh, Jimmy was an extra in a couple of movies yeah. in Chicago. That, that doesn't count. That does not count. Uh, <laughs> although for this game, I would have counted that. Yeah. But this was, I actually had uh, a, a couple of lines. Okay. What do uh, I not know? Cause I, yeah, how am I not? Was, I could open my was Light of Day that Michael J. Fox? It is yeah. not Light of Day. And that's much too early. This is, again. No, I'm but gonna, that, wasn't that the one you were an extra in? It is. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, what am I missing? I'm going to pull up. I'm going to pull up my IMDb page because that'll be much easier to find than going to Ed's <laughs> on what year this was. Um, by the way, the IMDb app is a mess, but uh, the website's actually pretty uh, pretty good. Website okay. uh, very good is, okay. is not bad, but the app is all right. Let me go again. I don't it's have to scroll. Cool. I still find the IMDb website cluttered. Uh, yeah. All right, 2006. 2006. 2006. Ed, what do you think? What movie were you and I in? In 2006. Think of 2006, what I was doing. Not a TV show, a movie. This is a movie. 2006, I was it doing... It probably was direct video I was doing Veronica Mars. That's a TV show. Mm-hmm. What else was I doing 2006? All right, I'm, I'm going to start giving you the cast. Okay. Okay. Nev Campbell. Okay. Ron Livingston. Anybody yet? Ed? No, no. Ed, you were in this. How do I not know that you're in this movie? Bob Odenkirk, Beverly D'Angelo. Oh, Crazy Sitter. No, but I think you're getting closer. Okay. Beverly D'Angelo. Kathy Bates. What? Oh, uh, Kathy Bates. Oh, it was uh, Late Shift. No, sir. Is, is Was there a remake of the Mad, 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 Mad World? No, sir. Danny DeVito. What, oh, what? yes, the one with Danny DeVito. Stranger, Relatives. Re- rel- you're there. You're relative there. Strangers. Relative Strangers. I've never heard of this. Relative Strangers. I totally forgot about that. Directed by Greg Liana. Uh Have you ever seen the movie? Yeah. I should see it. Yeah, it's good. (laughs) I never saw it. It's good. Wait a minute. Yeah, I saw it. And then uh, I'm in the opening credits. I'm I'm in there very early. Uh, There's a, uh, Ron Livingston, I believe, plays a, a radio personality or somebody does. And I'm listening to the person in the car. And uh, I'm uh, a, uh, I believe I'm billed as angry driver. <laughs> and then I'm, ye- and I'm yelling and yelling. And then I yell at the person next to me. And yeah. uh, while everybody else is getting soothed in their car by the guy, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm angry. And then here comes Begley with some talent. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know about that. Well, I do. Uh, I got to see it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or, or live your life. Uh, <laughs> you've had since 2006, in fairness, had to see this thing. <laughs> you haven't in 18 He's years. He's done a lot of stuff. He no. can't watch every single thing. No, I'm curious to see it. <laughs> what if that's the one thing of his uh, uh, 200 IMDb things he's seen everything but this movie? I've seen most of it. I'll tell you that. There's a few things I haven't seen. I don't know how I missed this, but I did. Um, well, go what was I so goddamn busy with that I didn't see the movie? That's what I want to know. Well, you're happy to be working again after the 90s, right? I you're, was. You're out of movie jail. You're working again. That's right. That's what it is. Yeah. I'll go with that. Yeah, you're too busy. Uh, all right, let's take that break, I promise. Yeah. When we come back, we'll have a trivia question of some sort, and we'll check in and see how everybody's uh, doing, and we'll do all that right after this. Hey, gang, Matt here with some dates for you. Ed Begley Jr. is on Instagram, at Ed Begley Jr. Uh, check him out there. Check out his new book, To the Temple of Tranquility, and Step on It. It sounds fantastic. Guys have an amazing, legendary career. You guys know about it. Uh, we've talked about it here, and you will continue hearing us talk about it. But uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to reading it myself. It sounds like there's some great stories in it. So check that out. Check out uh, our quarterly game night if you're in tier three or higher of the Platinum. Uh, that's something that you can enjoy on the 9th of November, uh, where I think we might. Have we locked in Drawful? Are we going to play Drawful? Okay, we're going to play. We're locking in Drawful, which is a fun game where you draw and then you have to guess what people. It's kind of like uh, charades, but with drawing. 
And the audience gets to vote. Some of you will get to play with us, and, and everyone gets to vote on their favorite pictures. And we locked it in. We locked it in. 6 p.m. on the 9th. Uh, check that out. Then uh, Jimmy's hosting Pop Culture at the UCB Theater with John Hamm, John Ross Bowie, Janet Varney. Uh, that's going to be fantastic. Go to ucbtheater.com if there are still tickets. That's where you'd get them. And then Never Not Funny is live uh, in the Yoohoo Room at Flappers on the 14th of November. Very much looking forward to that. That's always fun. Uh, we'll hang out with you guys and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, just it's just the gang. But we'll be, you know, we're funny people. People enjoy us. What, 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 what are we, Chop Liver over here? Chop Liver? Can't even say it. That's how bad we are. <laughs> well, me. But everyone else is good. So come for Jimmy and uh, Elliot and Garen, and I'll, I'll be there too. And then uh, Jimmy's doing his virtual flappers uh, on the 15th of December. That's his like annual holiday show. You can join from anywhere in the world and enjoy that. That'll be fun stuff. And then finally, I just want to mention one last time. We have extended, if it is if it is not yet noon Pacific time on the 2nd of November, as you're hearing this, we extended Subtoberfest just a little eensy-weensy bit so that we could, on the air, as we're recording next episode, uh, deliver the final tote so uh, if you want to get that sweet enamel pin or maybe even a t-shirt with our never not funny subtoberfest ghost logo that's how to do it go to nevernotfunny.com and you'll see all the information for becoming a new subscriber or gifting a subscription to somebody else and uh, getting in on that uh, awesome swag so do that and enjoy Listen, I've been a broken record on Factor Meals. As I mentioned on the last episode, even my doctor knows that I eat the Factor Meals. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you're, you're actually not only reading the ads that go in the show, but you're advertising in doctor's offices for Factor now. That's exactly right. I'm the Muzak <laughs> of Factor. I'm going from- And I appreciate it. Uh, I'm more than happy to do it. Now, these things are ready in just two minutes. They've got over 35 different options to choose from every week. They've got the Calorie Smart Protein Plus- uh, various different meals. I uh, just this way this morning. I had to pick my meals for next week. You pick you pick a week in advance. Yep. And uh, you know what? I decided to give myself a little treat. I got the filet mignon. Yum. Which is uh, it's a little extra to get that. Right. And I'm allowing myself that maybe every six weeks or something. Get you know what? It's Why nice. not? Yeah. Treat yourself. You you've earned it, Jimmy. I have earned it. I'll tell you something. It is delicious. Yeah. I, I got to try that. Oh, I haven't had that one. They do a great job. I, uh, the other day I had the uh, what is it the. Uh, Spanish lime chicken or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. That was a spicy lime chicken, whatever that whatever that one is, yeah. was delicious. I love the shredded taco, chicken taco thing that mm-hmm. they do. Uh, again, I've not, I've not had a bad factor. Yeah, and I've said this before, like a lot of these things, because I get a lot of the like, uh, you know, low carb ones. And I find that it's great with, uh, if you want to get like a, a low carb tortilla and you, you can put it in there and make it into a, a wrap or a tortilla type situation or some uh, sweet potato chips and you kind of use like the queso, the chili queso, whatever. Mm. Uh, that's just, I, I like doing my own thing with it. You can sort of uh, use their, what they give you as a base and then uh, do what you want with the it. The factor is there for a base. You heard it from Matt Belknap. Now, head to factormeals.com slash part 050. Use code part 050. You're going to get 50% off. That's 50% off. Uh, we really wish I would have said zero there. Uh, that is code part 050 at factormeals.com slash part 050 to get 50% off. That's 50% off. F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash P-A-R-D-O 50 and use code part 050 to get 50% off. Factor. That's a good meal. I'm going to tell you guys something, dear listener. When I started podcasting, you guys remember back in the days when tumbleweeds were across the podcasting desert? Uh, an online store was the furthest thing from my mind. Now I'm selling. What do we, we got? What, we got a hat, shirts, we got a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's easy. All because we use Shopify. 
Yeah, we're setting up Shopify for the uh, the perks in this uh, this new year for our, our platinum subscribers. And uh, boy, I really enjoy their website. Super easy to set a, uh, set up an account and uh, get going with them. So kudos to them for making it easy. Well, if Matt Belknap could do it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. That's what he just basically told us. And That's I uh, I uh, just uh, recapped it. I've spoken before. Yeah. I've spoken before about Shopify. Now, Shopify uh, is uh, it's just terrific. You could be selling scented soaps, which we may, we're talking about getting into the scented soap business. I would love a soap bar with the Never Enough Any logo on it, Dude, honestly. Dude, why isn't that a thing? <laughs> um, or maybe you're offering outdoor outfits. Dude, why is that a thing? <laughs> well, if it's if it's warm out, the t-shirt could be an outdoor outfit. You know what? You're right about that. Uh, but maybe we get into the jacket business. We have had hats, too. I We've had hats. That. That's true. Uh, look, you don't have to just sell your stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from the brands you love, giving customers more variety and business more sales. Uh, now, listen, Shopify is easy peasy, as Matt Belknap said. Uh, let me walk you through what I want you to do. You can sign up right now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash pardo. That's all lowercase. Shopify.com slash pardo. Uh, you do that right now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash P-A-R-D-O. Shopify dot com slash Pardo. Shopify. Cha-ching. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the program. Episode 3310 of uh, Never Not Funny. Ed Begley Jr. is here. My ears did not pop coming over the uh, the 405, and they're kind of driving me nuts. Oh, mm-hmm. no. I hate when that happens. Yeah, right? And, uh, and you're all over the city. You're like me. You're all over the city going to doctor's. Yeah, and, uh, big on doctors at seventy four. <laughs> yeah, I'm big on them at fifty seven. So it's uh, it's not fun, right? No, that's when it starts around fifty seven. Oh well, it's hit hard. I can tell <laughs> yeah. you that, and I don't like it any way, shape, or form. But uh, getting by like anybody else, Ed, that's all we can do. Yeah, do the best you can, Eddie. I assume you still have an electric car. You still? I uh, do. I got a Tesla, very nice car. Okay, and, uh, I enjoy it. But he's gotten a little wacky on me. What are you going to do? You're going to switch cars? That's the thing. You know, I think I, I will definitely switch when there's a proper option. You know, he's got the charging infrastructure cross country because mm-hmm. I drive, you know, to do Better Call Saul, I would drive to Albuquerque. Okay. I sure. drove to Reston, Virginia in the car from L.A. Wow. I drove to Knoxville, Tennessee. You know, I'll drive anywhere and you can't do that in a regular electric car. You need that fast charger. Yeah. Right. He has everywhere and every big and highway, small and large, you know. There's there's charging, so I heard they're going to open up the charging to other vehicles there at the Tesla. Then the NACS. then you could get another car. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the uh, uh, Hyundai Ioniq Six, which I believe. Uh, what uh, kind of range does that get? Well, uh, three hundred plus three. Oh, that's great. Mine gets three hundred plus two. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. I I love it. I'm going to look at that. Uh, oh, I absolutely love it. It's my favorite car I've ever owned. And uh, I will, uh, I will get, I will, I will get when when this one's done, I'll get, the, I'll get the next version of it. Yeah, when I, I bought it. it. He was a little wacky, but now he's got a little more than he's, wacky. He's, well, he's yeah. gotten uh, wacky in the sense of that, that maybe he doesn't uh, agree with the thoughts that we have about the world, exactly, and, and specifically this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you're still doing a lot of environmental stuff, right? You're still out there uh, waving the flag, and uh, you you took a you, were, you had a phone call that we were privy to listen to. You're leaving here to go do something. Uh, uh, environmental. Are you not, sir? Yes, yeah, some friends, some ladies are uh, yeah. leading the charge on trying to fight climate change. Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Jane Fonda, both are quite active in that world. And so I'm going to meet with them and see what I can do to help them. 
Jesus Christ, that, that's, that, great. that's wonderful. And that, again, strong talent. And we thank Jane Fonda for everything she's done over the years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and I include 80 for Brady. I include that. <laughs> I, I, I thank her for that movie. Okay. But uh, Oliver and I liked it. Yeah. Everybody yeah. made fun of it. But, uh, you know, you go and you laugh and you enjoy it. Uh, we watched Bottoms last night. Have you seen Bottoms yet? I haven't seen it. My daughter saw it and liked she, it. She enjoyed it? Yeah. Uh, we watched What's that movie? It's, uh, oh boy, I, I will not be able to name anybody that's in it. Who's the young lady that wrote it and started it, Matt? Who I don't know. And then there's the other young lady who's in The Bear, and um, mm. uh, she's in the- Io Atabiri? Yes, what's her name? Yeah, I think it's Io Atabiri. Yeah, she's in it. Uh, it's good. You know, it's a high school romp sort of thing, yeah. but, it, yep. uh, but it's a good movie. Uh, something certainly to check out. Ed Begley Jr. is here. Uh, taking time away from, quite frankly, much more important stuff than this horseshit <laughs> that we do here. Yeah. This uh, is important, too. One has to laugh in life. Thank you. Uh, Ed also worked uh, with our friends uh, uh, over on Portlandia mm-hmm. and uh, Lady Dynamite as well with our friend Maria Banford. I know. If you Isn't just... she terrific? Oh, one of the best. Right? One yeah. of the best. Ever. Oh, my God. Yes. One of the best stand-up comedians working today, if not Amazing. if not the. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, if you I feel like younger people uh, who don't know the great stuff you did in the 70s and 80s and uh, the, if you look at your IMDb page, the more recent stuff, every great sitcom Arrested Development. Um, well, you can go back to Roseanne. Yeah, I think you were on an episode of Roseanne, which is a classic, wonderful show. I but agree. Great show. You were on an episode of The Office. You were on um, it just I, and now I'm blanking on all these other ones, but it just looking through. I'm like every show I love, well, Lady Dynamite, like every show I loved the last 20 years. I feel like you were in it at some point. Bless you. I never really put it together. That is actually, as I sit here, kind of impressing me. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, I have been in some really great shows. Incredible. Great I mean, people uh, definitely it. Arrested Development, a major like you major were in a Mitch lot Herwitz of it. is just unbelievable. Brilliant great. show. Yeah, and you were great on it. And so. Marie, Bam- Marie Bamford show he did too. Yes, uh, Gary and Married as well. You were in with our yeah. friend Jay Moore. Wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful Jay Moore. Uh, Jay Moore is now, of course, part of the Lakers dynasty. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so right. married, into, married into the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, just bananas. Uh, all right, here we go. It's time for... Uh, oh, you got it. Oh, all right. We got to do this in six minutes. Here we go. All right, let's do it. Let's roll it through. Got it. Okay, here's your topic. And again, we're doing this Final Jeopardy style, Ed. Yep. Kids stories. Kids, Kids stories. stories. That's I'm your topic. Say, Wait, don't, do don't, don't tell how much us. can I do up to? Uh, well, I remember on the back, you already picked. You yeah. said you picked a number, but you a said, percentage or you how? said you want to do sixteen. So I'm gonna st- I'm gonna hold you to that. Oh yeah, sixteen would be the most I could bet. You right? could go one to twenty five, but there's a few on the back that you're not allowed to use. Okay, uh, one so. to twenty five. So I'll look on the back here. Yeah, look, yeah, over there. Yeah, there you go. All right, pick one of those. I'm gonna do. You're in. You're in. What's I'm the category again? What? What's kids stories? I'm gonna bid stories. I shouldn't tell you what I bid. Don't tell us. You yeah. shouldn't. Okay, good. just write it down. Did you write down your bet, Ed? Yeah, I'm not good at kids stories, so I bet little. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Here's your question. All right. In ET, okay. what bedtime story does Gertie's mom read to her? Oh boy. In ET, what bedtime story does Gertie's mom read to her? Good night, moon. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you write it down. Write it down. Yeah. Good. Write it down. Sorry, I probably shouldn't have said that. But I did. Okay, I've got a, what I can only assume is a horrible guess. Um, yeah. Again, we no, gentlemen, we're down to seven I've, I've minutes. Got, I've written something down. All right, Garen, have you written something down? All right, let's check in with Garen. Ed, have you written something down? I have. Okay, 
Matt, you're going to be last. I got it. Uh, uh, we say hello to Gary. He's over there at the Pop Culture Beast Infodesk, sponsored by Kennedy Todd Tees. Head over to Kennedy Todd Tees. Get 15% off using promo code PARDO. Uh, Garen, hello and goodbye. What's hello. your guess? Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Goldilocks is a great guess. We say hello to the enlightened one, Elliot Hogue, behind Video Village. Uh, what's your guess, Elliot? Uh, I'm going with, uh, sort of thematically, uh, I feel like the Little Prince might fit in. Little Prince is a, a great guess. Ed Begley Jr., what is your guess, sir? Good night, Moon. Good night, Moon. He said it out loud mm-hmm. and he stands by it. Yeah. Matt? Little Red Riding Hood. Little Red Riding And I went with Jack and the Beanstalk. Okay. So we got a lot of the classics here. Mm-hmm. I do like Good Night, Moon. I feel like when we hear the answer, we're going to be like, oh, okay, that's how it ties into the story of an alien. I how that would tie to the story. I couldn't think of a children's, yeah, that would, that would fit. Well, I'll tell you, none of us got it right. Okay. Yeah. Peter Pan. Oh. Peter Pan. He flies above the side, sure. doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Just, Just like, like that ET does. Turn on your heart there light. There you go. Uh, all right, Garen, what'd you bet? 25. Oh, boy. Oh, a lot Lord. of confidence. Oh. We want the lowest here, right? Yeah. What'd you got? Nine. Nine. I went 16. 16. Six. Six. And? 18. Which means? Begley Jr. gets five bucks. <laughs> I get five dollars, for God's sake. Ed, you're, Ed, for doing nothing, you're getting for five dollars. Your whole life has been like this. This is winnings. This is not SAG payment. This is just winnings. You see? Now you get to go get quit the car wash. You know what? Tip the guy toweling down your car. I'm going to. Give him a little something. Thank you. Shut that down. You made my week, for God's sake. Five <laughs> bucks. This is because we're on strike. We can't work. This right? is great. Right. I got go. five bucks I made this week. You Happy do have to, to declare this on your taxes, though, because it is a winning, you know, winnings. I actually do. When taxed. I go to those autograph shows, I'm the only guy that goes there that donates every single dollar, not donates, puts every single dollar right in the bank. I don't like. Take twenty off and pay the such and such with it. Mm-hmm. I you, actually put it all in the bank. Got boy. Right. And declare it. You don't touch your autograph money. <laughs> no, I don't touch it. <laughs> uh, Jay Leno and this tonight show, buddy. Uh, Do you ever see my father-in-law at those? Uh, Walter Koenig from Star Trek. Did of course, I love Walter. Tell him hello. I will. That is my. You remind uh, me, I'm supposed to call him. I like that oh, guy a lot. Then call him. He could. Uh, he goes to lunch. He's a sweet guy. He's a good man. I'm. Uh, I love him to death. I'm. Give him my best. I will do. Uh, all right, listen, uh, Ed, put your hand out. We're going to give you $5. Yep. I got my uh, hand we're out. Gonna, we're going to count this Joker's Wild style. We're going to go to five by five. So here we go, everybody. And, and five. five. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. You made my week. You made my year, for God's sake. Well, happy to do it. It's late in the year, too. So this is, uh, that's, uh, that's high praise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed Begley Jr.'s new book is uh, to the uh, Temple of Tranquility and Step on It. Uh, I'm going to read that book immediately. Sounds great. It sounds great. Again, the, the career is legendary. We are... I just, I'm over the moon to have you here. I'm thrilled to death you took time to, to yeah. join us. Likewise, pal. You're great to talk to, Jimmy. All of you are. You guys are wonderful. Thank, thank you. Thank, thank you. you very much. Read the book. See the Look at the career. I mean, yeah. it's just, uh, uh, again, Ed, it's just, uh, just a pleasure and an honor to have you here. Thank Rochelle, you. are you listening to this? My wife, Rochelle. People <laughs> like me. Do you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> that we do. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for uh, subscribing to this program. Don't forget the Subtoberfest has been extended into November. November 2nd at noon, and that's yep. it. That's where we shut it down. No more extensions. We'll, we'll announce it then. Uh, and so let's uh, summon the ghost, and uh, everybody get in here if you haven't. There's a, or go to the website to see what you can get for subscribing. Ed has a time crunch. We have a time crunch. We're done. On behalf of Garen Cockrell, Ed Hoper, Matt Belknap, our new friend Ed Begley Jr., I'm Jimmy Pardo. We'll see you next time on the podcast, AK-47, Gone, Not Forgotten. Love Never Not Funny? For a second episode every week and video of every episode, plus bonus perks, sign up for a Platinum subscription at NeverNotFunny.com. Never Not Funny, a SAG-AFTRA podcast, is executive produced by Jimmy Pardo and Matt Belknap. Video production by Elliot Hochberg. Production assistance by Garen Cockrell. Music by Daver and Watch It Burn. Copyright 2023, Never Not Funny, LLC. 